It is episode 381 of Lopez Radio. At Lopez Radio for all the social medias. LopezRadio.com is where the, the podcast lives. Please rate, review, subscribe if you want to. We're also on YouTube. Just search out Lopez Radio. It's there. Um, joining me today is a gentleman who's been on the show before. Um, it's been a little while, um, but it's always great to have him back. He just did an episode of Offline uh, with Lopez Radio with me, uh, which will be available on YouTube. So there will be a link in the description of the podcast and in the video if you're watching it on video. Um, you can follow him on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. At Rick Loves Bacon. Rick, welcome back to the show, dude. Dude, thank you for having me. We, we had a blast. Dude, I, I, I looked up and so much time had gone by and I was like, well, we got to move on to the next thing. Yeah, and, and you know, we only like touched the tip of the iceberg of everything that we spoke about, right? Yeah. Because TikTok, everything is just kind of like, there's so much I would love to talk about, but we only had as much time. I feel like all we do is touch tips, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's just what we do. It's a start of a great relationship. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a great time. So please check that out. We talked about all kinds of stuff, your your uh, ventures into TikTok, uh, your break from Twitch, writer's block and how we try to deal with it, stuff like that. So there's plenty of stuff to check out there. And as I said before, uh, be sure to follow Rick at Rick Gloves Bacon on all the things, social media. Um, well, dude, it's good to have you back. Before we get too far into it, you sent me some beer. Um, from a brewery out of Fort Worth, Texas. Um, they are Martin House Brewing. Now you've sent me stuff from them before. It was a uh, just a dill pickle beer, like a kind of like a Berliner Weiss, and it was delicious. Um, so they made a they made a multi pack. You found this and you're like, you sent me a picture and I was like, what? And you're like, I'm sending this to you. I was like, what? And uh, it got here and there are there are four flavors. Unfortunately, no regular, because I really love the regular, too, but I can't wait to try these. Bloody Mary, Bread and Butter, which I'm scared of, um, Chamoy Drip, which I have no idea what that means, and Spicy, Spicy Pickle Beer. Um, I'm going to, I know you've tried some of these because you, you tried them out on TikTok and reviewed them. I did, yes. If I had to, to go on this ride? I'm ready to go on this ride. If I had to start with one, where should I start? I want to go. I want. I want to go with. I don't know. I got your suggestion. You should, you tell me where to start. Honestly, I would start with the uh, bread and butter pickle first. Okay. Then go with the chamoy drip. Okay. And then go with uh the was the bloody mary. Uh, yeah, bloody mary. So do the spice. So the spicy second before the end, right? The, the, yeah, well, yeah, the spiciest second before the end. Okay. Because, I mean, I have them here, too. Mm-hmm. So we can go on this ride together. Like, I have other beers. To yeah. Those beers down. Like, <laughs> it, it was an adventure. Um, And I, I, don't, I don't know if um, I, I pointed it out to you, but I've been building a relationship with Martin House. I've noticed that you guys have gone back. You've shown me some where they've, con- like, not contacted you, but tagged you in some things. Yeah, so I've been growing a relationship with them because of TikTok. So. Right. Uh, and, and we just have a blast, kind of like we're just turning into that group of buddies that are just like going back and forth at each other, just messing with each other. It's it's a good time. That's awesome. Like they seem like they're, I mean, just looking at the stuff they do, just from from an outsider looking in, they seem like they're probably just a bunch of hilarious fucking dudes. Um, oh, they're awesome. They're yeah. Awesome. Um, all right, so I'm gonna show it to the camera. It's best made bread and butters pickle beer. I'm actually kind of scared of this because I don't like sweet pickles. <laughs> I know. 
Oh, God. It's, it's not too bad. It's really not too bad? All right. Here we go. Hold on. Let me go at this with you. It smells just like a pickle jar. It smells just like a pickle jar when you open it up. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to pour myself a little glass here. You're being fancy, sir. I'm going to be fancy. I'm pouring it into our buddy J-Pod Shuffle's uh, pint glasses he sent me. Nice. Right. Take a little smell here. Oh, my. Uh, salud, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. That is so sweet. Uh, oh, God. It's um, it's hard to describe. It's like you're eating, a, you're, you're drinking a stale pickle. It's, yeah. I mean, look, it tastes like it's supposed to taste, but, woo, woo. I kind of, I asked the, I asked the wife before we got started. I was like, do you want me to, uh, you want me to save something for you? She goes, no, I don't want heartburn tonight. I was like, all right, fair enough. You're gonna be up for like a rough evening once you get to that last one. You think that so? Killed me. Yeah, it killed me. The 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 Bloody Mary. No, the last one. The last one. The spicy one. Oh, the spicy one. Oh no. Well, I'm fine with that. It'll be okay. Oh, like I said, it's it's fun. It's an adventure. They're, they're, it's an exciting experience, mm -hmm. but it's not something that I'm gonna seek out again. Mm. Mm hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I can see why. Uh, now, now here's here's the thing. The regular dill pickle beer is, I could drink like twelve of those. Dude, they sell that. That's always stocked now. It's year round now for them, right? That's one of their mains. Always there. I mean, I have a whole, I have a whole stash of it here at home. Oh my that goodness! I haven't touched. It's incredible. It's so good. Um, well, thank you for sending those beers. I I really appreciate that. Um, dude, I. It's been so long since we've gotten together, and I'm so glad you have like reliable internet. How long did you deal with the internet outage at your place? Over two weeks. The yeah. last internet outage was over two weeks, and it was brutal. But like spotty it, internet. You dealt with spotty internet for like over a year. Oh, ever since the pandemic started. <sighs> like our internet just went to shit. <laughs> like that was a, that was kind of like the main reason that I ended up quitting Twitch. Or taking the hiatus mm -hmm. because all I could think about is watching my bit rate just fluctuate like crazy. For those that don't know the bit rate, it's kind of like the signal strength for yeah. the upload. Yeah. Well, and and like it, there's a little like if you're if you're not familiar with with streaming and and the software OBS, there's a little square that's green when things are good and yellow when you're on thin fucking ice and red when when everything's just fucked right and no matter where you place that you're gonna see it like it's just gonna catch your eye you're just gonna see that little blink, 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 blink. It, it's meant to be visible for a sure, reason sure <laughs> but, I, but when you're focusing on it because your internet's garbage <laughs> yeah it, it's like I'm, I'm, it's like i'm trying to like download boobies on a 56k modem <sighs> you know it was horrible it just was waiting horrible. on the picture to clear up just waiting on the like picture can, to clear up. I almost see a nipple. <laughs> do I get excited now or do I wait the extra 10 minutes? Yeah. If I wanted to broadcast myself as scrambled porn, I would do it. You know, I could find a filter that would help me here. But <laughs> I don't want to do it unwillingly, right? Yeah, I want to choose my terms. And I was having such a blast, especially when I started doing the hot tub streams. Yeah. That was that was so much fun. It was that, a good time. 
just pretending to be on a beach somewhere or in somebody's you know backyard or you know i forgot you were doing the the beach ones and the hot tub i forgot about that those were so funny dude they were very fucking funny god you know just saying we broke into somebody's apartment complex because that's something that you sometimes do when you're young yeah of course you, you know break into some apartment complex and pretend you have friends there so you can you know raid the pool yeah oh no greg i know greg yeah, <laughs> like, there, 95b uh-huh we don't have a 95b um <laughs> <laughs> you know greg though right like maybe i got the number wrong um well you're back and something i've been trying to do with folks and i and i forgot to do it last week but no pressure, but I like to ask my guests now, what's on your mind? What's going on? What's on, what's on my mind right now? What's on your mind? Like what, what, like anything. It could be what you're doing, what you've been up to, anything. And honestly, it's just kind of trying to get everything buttoned up to make my return to Twitch. Mm. You know, the same thing, dealing with a little bit of writer's block again, you know, mm-hmm. trying to come up with TikTok videos. Trying to figure out how to space myself there, because you definitely don't want to upload. Well, well, personally for me, I don't want to upload the same content. Yeah, which is kind of a bad idea, to be honest. Yeah, you kind of want to stick to one thing, but I just want to focus on a little bit of everything. So, trying to figure out that balance of like, do I want to do a rant? Do I want to do something funny? Do I want to upload a cooking video? I have like four cooking videos that I need to edit and upload. Well, and it's like too, like I feel like the way you're talking about it, it's kind of like with Twitch when people want to be variety streamers or if they want to like have one main game, right? Yeah, you're, you're kind of like, well, I'm I'm purposefully by saying I want to do a bunch of stuff, you're purposely saying I don't need, you know, I'm you're saying goodbye to a lot of people, you know, because yeah. people want to just hang out for one game sometimes, you know, one one particular thing, and that's uh that's a tough call, but I mean. At the same time, like as you get older, like, you know, we're, we're a couple older dudes when it comes to like these kind of communities we're in. Well, you, you understand that like, I got to vary things up. Like I just can't, it's not like when I was super young and I could just lock in on something forever. It just, you can't do it. Yeah. Like it's, it's fine for me to be able to stick to one thing on Twitch. Cause I'm very good at that, mm-hmm. but like, I can't do that with every platform. I need to have that variety. Yeah. So, like, coming back to Twitch, definitely going to be going back to Dead by Daylight. Really? Okay. 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 Maybe Hogwarts Legacy. We'll see. That's kind of, like, where I want to go to. But mm-hmm. definitely going back to Dead by Daylight. But I just can't do the same thing on every platform. I need some sort of variety. And TikTok is more forgiving when it comes to that. You know, because the same people that are supporting over, you know, the comedy or whatever, mm. even though you're making fun of the stuff that they love, are still going to support you in anything else that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And um because well that answers like the next question I was moving into is like where you like with coming back are you planning on like kind of just picking up where you left off or were you planning on changing it up a little and it sounds like you just want to get back to just chilling and playing games. Yeah, that's all I really want to do cuz it's just such an easy and fun game to narrate. Mhm. And it's easy to keep up with chat. Oh yeah, there's a lot of downtime, right? Yeah, there's well, even if you're playing the game, I can play that game on autopilot, have fun, get scared, and still keep up with chat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not with other games where you have to focus more, which is there's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, I just find it mentally draining. Yeah, you, uh, 
you planning a, well, I asked you about it, but the mortuary assistant, you, you going to dip your toe? I don't think I am. Really? I don't think I am. It's a single player game and I like my multiplayer games. Yeah, I understand. I've got a lot of friends, like honestly, a lot of our, our people like we knew through DBD and stuff that are just kind of like, man, I'm tired of the, they're, they're, they've gotten so burned out on multiplayer in general and so many of them have just gone to playing single player games. They're just kind of like, I just want something that, that the, to put it there, like the, their words would be like something that someone else can't ruin for me. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, I get it. I get it. Um, I still play multiplayer games, but it's like I understand why someone would feel that way. You know, sometimes you got to change it up. Yeah, no, no, totally. And, and you know, everybody has different experiences with games. And it just depends on what you can't let, like, other people dictate what you're doing in a video game. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to kind of roll with that and kind of make that into its own little event. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like where I started streaming was, you know, broadcasting RP stuff. Like before GTA RP was a thing, I was doing Arma 3 Life mods. Mm. So, wow. You know, you, you kind of have to kind of create your content from there, and things aren't always going to go the way you want them to go, but you got to learn how to take that situation and improve on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of you kind of have to like especially if it's something you're really interested in doing like you just got to have to make it work for you or or you just take it offline like you just have some of those I've got those games where it's just kind of like this is when I have those rare moments of not having to you know dance in front of the camera you know not having to you know do this other I have got time just to myself I've got just that list of games that are just for me um yeah you know, and that's stuff that's usually just got like stuff you want to get immersed in, like Witcher or something like that, where it's like, I really just want to get entrenched in the story and I don't want to have to worry about like, am I, is everybody still here? You know, I, that's just, that's what, I guess that's why multiplayer replayable games are just so good because once the match is over, who cares, right? Who really cares? Like it's, we're still all here together and hanging out. Yeah, there, there's nothing to it. You don't have to explain the entire storyline over and over again. Mm. You know how we talked about earlier about resetting. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's like when, you, when you're playing things like World of Warcraft, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen, or any story-based game, you're constantly going to have to repeat what's going on with something like that, which can get pretty old as well because that can be so in-depth. Yeah. And though, well, those in the story-driven games, like if someone misses like, 30 minutes they don't know what's going on and you know if they weren't there for the first time you started started the story like they're kind of like i don't like and they and a lot of people especially the, the folks that we we want to hang out with don't want to like don't want to have you have you re-explain what's going on like what did i miss like what's happening it's like i don't know i'm 30 hours into this game like what do you want me to tell you like where, where do i start even like i don't even remember the beginning mm-hmm. so who knows? But it's good to know that you're going to be coming back. I know that you, like you said, the internet struggles sucked, and you know, we we talked we talked back and forth and stuff like that. But man, it's just it's good to know that you're on your way back in, man. Dude, I am beyond excited. I am very very excited to get back into this because mm-hmm. I've really missed it. And TikTok for me, especially the lives, it's been kind of like dipping my toe back into the pool, kind of keeping my chops up. Yeah. You know, just kind of getting that small fix. But even then, TikTok's very primitive. 
mm-hmm. to where like I I I'm not I can't hear myself. Yeah, that's tough, right? So I can't hear myself. Uh, I can't adjust the lighting because I'm outside. Yeah, there's no way to really do it. Like, unless you had some really intense, like, front lighting or something, it's but, just kind yeah. of, you're at the mercy of Mother Nature at that point. And, and it, it's, it's just rough. And I tell people all the time, I get thrown off. It's like, like, my goal was to set up, like, a proper, like, outdoor broadcasting setup mm-hmm. that I can, like, know, I know there's mixers that you can hook up to your phone. Oh, yeah. And, you know, give myself, like, a wireless in-ear monitor and a wireless mic and just go. Yeah, because that would just be the way to do it. And that would make me feel a whole lot more comfortable. I remember you talking about like looking at some of that stuff that would uh, that would allow you to monitor yourself. And you're like, I'm thinking about getting this lav mic. I'm thinking about doing this. And you're like, I just don't know. I was like, just, you know, be sure, man, like be sure you want to do it. Like if otherwise, I mean, I think a lot of people get in. And I think a lot of people get lost in that. Like I want. Like, why did I buy this mic? It's because I wanted this mic. Like the mic I had before, the mic I had before this, like this is all for me, you know? And I I was trying to get into that with death last week and we, we side railed into some great stuff, but like there's a, there's a diminishing returns on, on, uh, equipment, right? At some point it just becomes for you. Like no one cares (laughs) at some point they're like, Oh great. You got a cool mic. Uh, you sounded great before. So I don't know what to, what to tell you. Well, yeah, I mean, you sounded great before, but I sound better to myself. Right. I feel better. Yeah. I, de- I deserve this, Rick. I deserve this mic in my face. And yeah, it's like, you know, your wife wants to buy all these shoes or buy whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I want to have this sweet, giant dick of a microphone in my face. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, you feel good. I, and actually, out there, if you're, if you're just listening, we are, we are microphone twins. We have, we shop at the same store. We uh, we have the same Electro Voice uh, RE20, and it's glorious. It's fantastic. He's hugging his mic right now. He's hugging it. It's amazing. It's it, amazing. It's it's lovely to have. Um, but like, like again, that's that's for you. That's for me. That's a that's just a thing. Um, I think the people like you were talking about that are going to show up are you know they're going to show up. You know, it's not this is not going to make extra people show up, but it's it's nice. So. I think it's I think it's knowing that, right? It's knowing that, okay, I'm absolutely not gonna get more people because I can get this, you know, this mic. Um, and I think some people are just they kind of get locked in on that, I gotta buy this next great thing. And it's kinda like, well, you don't have to, but No, you don't have to. You can there's definitely lots of great microphones out there that mm-hmm. are like a hundred bucks or less. Yeah. That are just amazing and probably just sound just as good. Tell me about this food content, man. Like what, what was, what precipitated you to be like, I mean, I know on offline you talked about how you were just doing like comedy TikToks and reacts and stuff like that. And someone reached out to you about spices and that they had locally where you were at. And, uh, but all of a sudden, like you just, just you started sending me this, del- these delicious videos of all the stuff you were doing. Like what was, what was kind of the, the drive to, to be like, I'm just going to cook in front of people. It's going to be great. I've, this is something that I've always wanted to do. And it's something that I've always wanted to do with Twitch as well. A lot of people don't know this, but I love to cook. Unless you're like in my circle of friends, you don't realize I cook some pretty crazy stuff on the stove. We were bored. You know, we're isolated. I was like, let's do more outdoor cooking. You know, I, the only thing I had was a Weber kettle and tree level grill. And it's amazing. 
Yeah. And it doesn't matter which barbecue guy you talk to, they will swear by the Weber kettle because it's affordable. You can buy them super cheap from somebody that bought them and it's like, hey. It's old know. faithful, right? Like it's it's the old trusty. It's gonna, you know, you get the you get the charcoal, like and I love charcoal. Like I love just the old school. Like it just reminds me of childhood because most people had the the old school square uh grill had the black bottom and like the orange top on it. Remember when we were kids? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They saw the ones that fold up and just kind of stands against the wall. Yeah, yeah. The, the, everyone had that when we in the eighties. We were young. It was like it's like that's the grill. That's that's what I picture in my head when someone says grill. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's. It, I do you remember when we first met and started hanging out? Like the the way we talked about food in chat. Or the way you would talk to everyone else about food and chat and the way we would kind of go back and forth about stuff. For at least the first six months I knew you, I thought you were a cook. Because I was like, I was like, I was like, oh well, Rick's a cook and blah, 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 blah. And then you were like, I'm not a cook. <laughs> I'm like, like you're not? I was like, you talk about food all the time and you talk about cooking this and these crazy things, and you're not even a cook. No, no, I, I couldn't get into that. There's kind of like a whole thing right now. People are trying to get me to do pop-ups. I got people that want to do like food trucks with me and stuff, and I'm like, no, there's no way. Yeah, there's just no way. That that's just too much work. It's a deep, uh, it's a deep well to go to, right? Like it's it's just it can get it can, it can consume you. I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, well, especially if you're thinking about just regular barbecue. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about a brisket. You're talking about anywhere from 14 to 18 hours of cook time. Not including your resting period, which if you're doing it properly, you want to do a minimum of two hours rest. Is there a style of food that's judged harder than barbecue? I don't think so. Pizza may be like a close second, but dude, barbecue, like it just so much can go wrong with it and so much can go right. And it's just kind of it. it, Barbecue honestly reminds me of brewing beer. Because you can really fuck up a beer. You can really, like, you can absolutely fuck up a beer. And you can absolutely, we've all had terrible barbecue too. Oh, yeah. And you know when you're having terrible barbecue. And you're like, oh. I went to this barbecue place in the small town between Austin and Houston. And we were stranded there. There was a miscommunication. We went to go make a delivery. And they're like, we don't want this here. <laughs> so we're waiting for a phone call, right? And they're like, okay, let's go have lunch. Where do you guys recommend food? Oh, there's this great barbecue spot. It's inside of a gas station. Oh, okay. Not a big deal. We'll go. And I talked, I told you about this. I talked about it on stream. Mm-hmm. And I bought the brisket and I tried to chew the brisket and I could not bite through it. Ugh. It was just leather. And Ugh. then I started stretching it out. And I stretched it out pretty far. And it would not break and it just sprung back together and like kept shape again oh it, it was bad that's so terrible that's it such a horrible so feeling um yeah dude and like and and i'm with you like the fact in some uh, there are some people out there like oh barbecue spot in a gas station I'm like look there are places inside gas stations that i've had some of the best food i've ever had you know i've been to a peruvian restaurant that was in the back of a gas station and the guy was Hundred percent Peruvian. He used to be a cook at a Peruvian restaurant. That place closed down. He wanted to open up his own spot, so he did. And it's just incredible food. You know, he just knows what he's doing. 
I mean, it's just the fact that it's in a gas station. Sometimes people are kind of like, no, there's no way it's good. Well, I mean, it just really depends. Like a lot of people don't live in like giant metropolitan cities, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not including Austin. I'm originally from Chicago. So I grew up in an upbringing where there's like a convenience store and there's like a deli in the back. Yes, I love it. Go ahead. So it's like you, that's where you know you're gonna get really good food, right? Mm-hmm. So you talk to somebody from like New York or, or Chicago, and that, that lives here, and they're like, you kind of miss that like mom and pop deli feel, because even though it's in a convenience store, it's amazing. And I know there's places like that in Philly and and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean. I think it's just depending on where you're at. Like some people are just kind of like, oh, like right now here in town, like if you ever make it back, there is a guy who does these Berea tacos and he's so the first time I found out about them, they were uh, someone I know on Instagram had posted a picture and they tagged this account in it. They're like, these tacos are amazing. You know, blah, 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 at blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like, I've never heard of this. And I know these people live near me. And I was like, all right, let me go to this account and check it out. And it was just pages and pages of just him cooking amazing Berea tacos, Berea tortas, Berea, you know, ramen. Like he's, he's doing ramen with the consomme and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And um, I'm like, this place is incredible. It looks great. I was like, where are they at? Couldn't find, couldn't find out. Couldn't find them on Google maps. I was like, what's going on here? And I was like, started looking at their, started looking closer at their uh at their posts and turns out um they were like all right if you want to order from us reach out via dm dm on instagram which who does that right dm on instagram and then uh and then we'll you know we'll take your order there so i reached out i was like hey i want to order some tacos and a torta and uh i want to try um i want to try the ramen all right okay um so they got my name um, and, uh, they told me how much it was. They were like, all right, you're going to Venmo to this number, this, uh, to, to this account and you, uh, and I'll give you the address Venmo it. They're like, here's the address. I was like, all right, cool. On the way I got there, I put in my GPS and I just, I just went, it was only like maybe 15, 20 minutes down the road. Fine. Uh, I start getting closer and I'm like, this is a neighborhood. This is, I pull out and it's like, I'm pulling into a driveway. And then there's just like a, like, there's like a taco, like a, it was, it was, it didn't even say tacos. It was just a picture of a taco and an arrow to the side of the house. And there was an open gate and I walk in and like this guy has a giant flat top grill in the back. And he's like, he's like, what's your name? And I was like, I was like, oh, it's for Lopez. And they're like, okay, I got, I'm going to make it fresh right now. And he just starts, he starts doing all the Berea stuff and he's just doing it in his backyard. And I was like. This is crazy and so illegal. I'm sure, like it's it's fine. Like I felt like I was doing a shady drug deal, but for tacos, like it was insane. Great shady taco deal. Yeah, and so and so like I, I they box it all up. He's got his kids out there, like you know, putting the boxes in the in the. Um, he didn't speak hardly any English. His wife did all the you know transactions. His kids, you know, boxed everything up, and uh, I get home and we break open these tacos, and I'm just like. This is so fucking good, man. It's so good. And uh it turns out like a like 6 months later now they have like an actual location. Like they just kept banking that money and ba- they sold out every weekend by the way. When they were selling out of their backyard every weekend they sold out of of everything they had. And uh now they're in a gas station and I dare say 
they're too big for the gas station already, and they've only been open for a few months. That's like there's awesome. there's no way there's no way that they stay there. They they've got to get their own place. It's just there's nowhere to sit. You have to get it to go. Like it's one of those things, and they have like a few tables, but they're always full of people. So it's just yeah. kind of like, well, you're getting it to go, and it's always like you got to go at off times. Otherwise, it's just a line out the door, and you're just it's odd because you make your order and you're just standing in a convenience store <laughs> waiting, and I'm just like. All right, I'm going to wait. Thankfully, there's a brewery down the street. Usually, you just get your tacos and you just go to the brewery and have some beer there. Um, but I love stories like that. Like, this guy just kills it. He clearly cooked somewhere before, and he yeah. just destroys Berea. Are Berea tacos big in Austin right now or no? Oh, they're big everywhere. They're <laughs> they're like a major thing. I'm kind of like a little bit like, eh, about it. Yeah. Personally, like, I have nothing against them. just not my thing. Think, think like for anybody out there who doesn't know what that is, like think like a, a French dip, but a taco. Like they give you the consomme to dip your taco in. Like it's, it's yeah. good. It's a Mexican French dip, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, it's fantastic. But, uh, but yeah, like uh, to get back to what we were talking about, I'm sorry, I kind of derailed. I kind of derailed there, but like I haven't ever been scared to go into like a place. Sometimes you find those best places, like the the little taco shop that's in the back of a. You know, that's in the back of a, you know, a, a Mercado or something like that, where it's like, holy shit, I didn't even know this was back here. And there's just some lady back there making these badass tacos and like no one ever talks about it. <laughs> no, and those are like some of the best foods that you'll get, especially like if you ever travel abroad, right? Mm-hmm. So I think my wife and I spent about seven to 10 years traveling. And we're in these countries where we don't understand the language, but we understand how to say some things about food. Sure. So we'll just go into some random restaurant and we'll say usually whatever the translation of plate of the day is for whatever mm-hmm. country we're in and just get surprised and it just works out great. Well, you know, Rick Rick is probably talking to these folks kind of like my toddler talks to me right now. It, 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 it. <laughs> it's like, it, it. <laughs> money. I yeah. got money. I got Monopoly money. <laughs> there's there's uh, one, uh, There was a really cool spot we went. So when I was like 20, 21, my dad took me and my brother to Peru. And so we, we spent time in Lima and then we wanted to go see Machu Picchu. And when you go to Machu Picchu, you have to fly into Cusco, Peru. And it's just a tiny little town. Like it's set up like most towns where they're, you know, you have the big cathedral in the square and like you have, everybody's got, you know, stands and stuff set up. And, uh, we, we have to take a, like a two hour train ride to where Machu Picchu is. And the town at the bottom of the mountain, it's just a bunch of like houses, but it's set up weird. Like it's set up like almost like condos or apartments, but beside the mountains. And we were hungry, like we wanted to eat before we went up there. And literally, my dad just starts talking to some people and then uh, our guy was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take you to this place. We go in, it's literally someone's house. Like we just walk in and like, he's like, he talks to them and they're like, oh yeah, sit down. And like, she's just got up, she's just got stuff she's been cooking on the, on the stove all day. And it's just one of the best meals I've had. And I'm just kind of like, I don't even know what this is. And it's amazing. And, and like her kids are just watching TV, like in the living room right next to us. She's kind of yeah. like, this is really odd. <laughs> oh, dude, it's amazing. No, those are, it's because that's when you know there's like, that's somebody's mom. Yeah. Right. And there's, there's nothing better than like mom's food or Nana's food or something like that. You know, they, they just make some great food, especially when you're having local fare. Yeah. That's like what people should be striving to eat. Well, and it's amazing to see the hustle, right? Like clearly. I mean, we we paid her for the food and stuff, and it's just kind of like that's someone that 
that's hustling, right? Like you, you just know people, you've met people throughout your life that are just kind of like, they maybe, maybe they're just really good at doing something like flipping cars, or maybe they're really good at, you know, at cooking and, but, but they don't want to open a restaurant and, but they can, they can do a hell of a pop-up or they can do like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll smoke a brisket for your event or whatever it is like for your wedding or something like that. And just, you gotta respect the hustle of someone like that. Like, I just remember being, I mean, I feel like when you're 2021, you're kind of like not as aware of the world as you will be when you're, you know, closer to your thirties. Um, like kind of like you ever, you ever gone on a trip when you were younger and you think back on it, you're like, man, my head just wasn't there. And I feel like I was thinking about other things the whole time. Oh, for sure. I actually have a memory that just came into mind. Go ahead. I want to hear it. So we were, so as a kid, I would uh, live in Mexico for the summers. Mm -hmm. And I remember we we, you have to go into Mexico City and where my dad's from. It's in southern Mexico in the mountains. So you'd have to go to Mexico City and then you had to bus it over there and you had to bus it and then like taxi it and then bus it again. It was kind of a weird thing. Yeah. But uh, at one of the stops, there were like, there were some kids selling pets or wild animals as pets. Oh, no. (laughs) And... But they were all very well taken care of. They sure. had like a hawk. They had all kinds of stuff. And one kid was cuddling with a squirrel. And all I can think of is like, I want to buy the squirrel. I need this squirrel as a pet. Right? But at the, at the same time, I'm not realizing. It's like, hey, d- these people are hustling to make money. Mm-hmm. So they have these. It, it, me as a kid, I'm just like, I want that pet squirrel. Yeah. It's so adorable. But then these, they're like. They're trying to make a living so they can eat, but that's something you don't realize until you're much older. Yeah, that's something that's eye-opening to me. You could probably actually relate to this because you guys have done a lot of traveling. There is such a stark difference of the reality of being in a third-world country, right? And you, like, let's say, so when we went to this Peru trip, we spent a lot of time in Lima, a lot of poverty in Lima. Like, there's a lot of poverty there. Um, but then you go into these outskirts cities. To, so what we were doing was going to um, Inca ruins and we were seeing like, you know, Ollante Tambo and we went to, you know, all these other ruins and then Machu Picchu. But like at everywhere where there's like a, a significant size ruin, there's a village below and there's people still living there just like they were way, way back when. And uh, my dad would 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 frequently go down there and he would just bring us one suitcase just full of toys just to give to the kids because like they just had nothing. But like you see people hustling, you see like, you know, you see old moms or old grandmas that are out there squeezing oranges and making like fresh juice and uh you know, uh, people that that are knitting those, you know, those those caps you see in the Andes where it's got the covers the ears and it's got the little puff, puff on top, you know. And uh and it's just just to see people doing that, and then like you know, there's the the kids are even doing it. The, like the kids at such a young age are like you were saying. How old were those kids that were selling pets? Oh man, they were five, six years old. They were they were kids. I mean, I wasn't much older than they were. Right. It's it's just amazing because they are. You you can look like me at twenty twenty one like you would see a kid doing something to just like shining shoes or uh, one kid in particular just came up and sang us a song and did like a dance and you know you're kind of like that that and then you know we gave him a dollar you know like a like an American dollar and it was just like oh because the because in Peru the sole versus the dollar is just it, it doesn't even come close right so that's like 
a lot of money to them. You know, that'd be like, like, so to put it in perspective for anyone that's never been to Peru, that'd be like handing someone like handing a, handing a little kid like a $50 bill, you know, like it's, it's, it's that big of a difference. Right. And, uh, but like to, to be like, man, this kid, by the time that kid's 10, he will have lived such a, such a rough life of like going without. And you're kind of like, it made me understand like, traveling is the best perspective on how uh literally how other people not only live but like just how other classes live you know um so it's it's like to me that you can't get any better perspective than actually try and i'm not talking about like um going to resorts or anything i'm talking about like going to town and seeing how people live and being like wow that kid is like there's no adult around and that kid is you know begging for change it's just so mind-blowing yeah no it's it's definitely very humbling but i mean that, that, that's that kid in the back of my head is still like or the kid in me is still like i i want that pet squirrel i want that pet squirrel yeah and and like i just think about you know you just think about those things and you think about like you know I, I, to even bring it back to our own country like i remember when i was in high school we took a trip out to arizona to visit some family and we went to the grand canyon and I remember, I just remember like where, like where your head's at when you're in high school, like you're thinking about so much other things, your friends, girls you like and all this stuff. And like, I remember the drive to the Grand Canyon and I remember getting to the Grand Canyon. I really don't remember much about spending the day at the Grand Canyon. It's so weird to me. Cause like, I'm like trying to pull a memory. I'm like, and I, now I'm just kind of like, I would love to go back to the Grand Canyon. This'd be great. Like I just sit there and stare at it for like three hours, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember another uh, memory. And that, that one comes and goes every now and then. Mm. And to kind of give you this perspective of, like, even as a kid, like, you can easily be so ungrateful. Mm-hmm. But I remember my dad bought me these shoes in Mexico. And in my head, they were like, these are the ugliest shoes ever. I don't want these. I want the other shoes. Yeah. And it's not that the other shoes were more expensive. They were just more toned down and chill. Yeah. And, you know, we go back from the main city and we were at my uh, grandma and grandfather's house, which is in a little village. No, no, no indoor plumbing or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to take a dump, you better go to the woods. Right. <laughs> and behind the house. But I remember just throwing this fit because I hated the shoes. I needed shoes. But I hated the shoes so bad. And the neighbor kid was like, you are so lucky. They bought you such pretty shoes and you can't even be grateful. Yeah. Dude, they're still ugly shoes. Yeah, they're still ugly, but but it, that'll that'll force some perspective to you, you know, right? Um, I don't know, man. I think about that stuff all the time, and I'm just kind of like, you, sometimes you just talk to people in the world, and just listening to the way they talk about certain things, you're like, you've never traveled, you've never been somewhere where there, people are on hard times. Like when I say travel, you've never been somewhere where people are like really having a rough go of it, you know? And it's obvious. Even- well, even like if you think of like a lot of like major European cities, mm-hmm. you know, like the standard of living that we have here is so much better than over there, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at, yeah. because it's like oh, these people are paying an obnoxious amount for like this little bitty apartment. They have no place to park, no nothing, and they're paying. It's expensive. Yeah. But, you know, you come here and we have this giant house that even to me, it's kind of like it's not that big. Sure. 
but I have a giant backyard. I have a studio in my house. Right. For no reason. Yeah. Right. Other than the fact you just want a studio. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, we do, we do have like a big, uh, like a different like standard of living just all around in general. Cause man, I, you know, there's times where you're drunk and you can't get back to your hotel or hostel. Sometimes a nice random stranger will let you stay at their house. Which has happened. It's nuts, right? Like, and you're just kind of like, why are you being so nice? This is how people disappear. Sometimes, this is how people disappear. Um, all right, so you said to go Shamoy next, right? Uh, yes. Let me get that one. All right. Do you, do you know what Shamoy is? I have seen it. I know roughly what it is, but I was going to have you explain what Shamoy is. Like, I, I know, I know, like, for those of you out there, if you've ever seen like th there's certain drinks that have a dark, dark rim of like red on the top of it, kind of like they would salt a glass for a margarita. Chamoy, what is, what is it? Chamoy. So chamoy. So essentially, it's kind of like a candy that's sweet and sour. Mm -hmm. um, people used it for fruits, like you would dip your fruit into it um, and do some tahini and stuff like that on it as well. But people started mixing it with candy, so it's it's a tart flavor. Okay. Um, with a hint of spice. So I, I got mine here too. I, I'm going on this ride again with you. Okay. Which I'm reluctant. How do you feel about the the the, the chamoy? I don't remember. Okay. I think I was already like... So by the time I did the chamoy and uh, Bloody Mary, I was already two sheets to the wind. Oh, okay. And you, you could tell it in my video. <laughs> you were You were a little toasty. Yeah, so I did the bread and butter pickle and then the hot one, the spicy one. Yeah. And then I did the other two. Okay. So oh the best reaction was out of the spicy one. Oh man. Well, it, it, like I'm kind of curious as to how the spice will be for me because I know you're not a, you're not the biggest spicy fan. No, I I have a sensitive palate. I'm doing quotation marks. <laughs> Very sensitive. <laughs> you like naked wings. Oh, no, not that bad. Salute. Cheers. Okay. It's not bad. I'm trying to think of what fruit that reminds me of. Think of a... Almost like salty a... Salty fruit roll-up. Yeah, salty fruit roll-up. A little. It's got a little passion fruit to it. Kind of passion fruity, maybe. It reminds me of a candy, though. Like, maybe, like, not lemonade, but, like... I, I mean, chamoy is technically a candy. Maybe it reminds me of, like, a big... Kind of reminds me of a big mouthful of like when you grab a handful of like gummy bears or something. Yeah, kind of like the white gummy bears. Little a little white gummy bear esque. It's a very yeah. like little citrusy, a little pineapple-y. It's good. It's better than not the bad. bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. The bread and butter also is like, hey, let's give you a beer that tastes like pickles but is sweetened like a diet soda. <laughs> See, I I like bread and butter pickles. Yeah, but I don't just kind of like indifferent about i can't get into this beer in particular i it's, cannot get into sweet pickles i just can't like for some reason I, I, I mean we all have different palates right sure so that, that's why they have a different variety of pickles because they have something for everybody like i like bread and butter pickles but at the same time i don't remember buying any right like when's the last time you bought a jar of bread and butter pickles 
I don't think it's because somebody at somewhere had them and I really liked them, but yeah. then I was like, okay, I'm not, I can't be bothered to go buy them. Right, right. The, when you walk through the grocery store and you see bread and butter pickles on the shelf, those are the same ones that were there when you were a kid. Like the same, same exact <laughs> jar. Expire. Yeah, they never expire. They're pickled. Yeah. Like they just stay there. Like grocery store clerks love it because they just have to dust it a little bit. So when, when uh, the zombie apocalypse comes, you know you'll be able to live off of bread and butter pickles that you scavenge because nobody will touch them. You're just going to have a pile of like skeletons next to the bread and butter pickles where people are just kind of like, I can't do it. <laughs> and they just give up. <laughs> At least I won't go hungry. So what are you doing now? Like you got a big chest freezer for your meats or you just you buy everything fresh? Uh, it really depends. If we buy stuff, sometimes we'll buy stuff in bulk Yeah, because it's cheaper. So we, we have a freezer full of meat. Being out there in Texas, you got to be close to some like some farms and stuff, right? Do you have any like any any local stuff you you frequent or anything like that? We do have quite a few farms. I actually have been building a relationship with a local farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't. I I wish they would do a pop up in Austin. Mm-hmm. They do a pop up in every city, but Austin. Really? Even though they're from Austin, yeah. Is it like, just like a don't shit where you eat kind of thing? They don't want to. They don't want to have a reputation in the town they live in. Maybe. I have no. I think what it is is like, oh, well, since you're in Austin, we'll just deliver it. Okay. But I don't want to order. You know, I want to like go and pick it out and buy it from you. Really? So. Hmm. They. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I should go to a farmers market or something. Dude, farmers markets are where it's at. Like a proper farmers market. I feel like sometimes you go to some towns farmers markets and it's just like an excuse for, uh, for people to come out and sell really expensive shit like. It's not like a oh I'm going and and buying like they they might have a tiny corner that's vegetables but everything else is like random shit right it's more of an artist market than it is a farmer's market to buy it, it's your outdoor Etsy store yeah yes one hundred percent that's exactly yeah. what it is yeah we actually have a brick and mortar called Blue Bazaar mm-hmm. which is kind of like a hipster flea market. It's all people that would normally sell their stuff on Etsy at a store. And this this place even they even have a vegan ice cream stand outside. Nice. Well, which by the way is amazing. I'm sure. I'm lactose intolerant, so sure. I'm like I love them to death. I love them to death. They're yeah, yeah. We we used to when I was a kid, we had a really proper, um, we had a really proper farmers market. It was just like these open stalls, um, and it was it was really big, high roof. And it was just like, when you walk through there, you're like, how do people grow this much food? Like when I was a kid, of course, everything's larger than life when you're a kid, but like, like how do they grow this much food? It's amazing. And they ended up shutting it down to build some shit. But I mean, I haven't been to like, we've got a couple, like Atlanta has a couple of big ones that are, that are like a fish market and a farmer's market and stuff like that. Um, but they can do it there because the demands there, the pe- the amount of people are there, like my town's not really big enough, I guess, to sell a ton of stuff. Um, plus, everyone loves to go to the grocery store. So, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? I mean, everybody, we have some great farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. The only problem is it's like, okay, so I can either spend my day cooking and creating content. Mm-hmm. Or I can go to this farmer's market. Or if I go to the one on Sunday, well, I'm just too hungover to do anything. That might be the best time to go, right? Yeah, but then if, if you know you're older and your stomach sometimes doesn't agree. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, I get you're that. Kind of like I don't want to like shit myself at the farmers market. 
Which, if you're next to the fish tan, it probably won't make a difference. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm enjoying the uh, chamoy. It's good. It's not bad. It's really it, like it. It kind of tastes like a. It kind of reminds me of like a tart fruity beer. Like it really does. The, the only thing that's different is it's got that because it's a as a Berliner Weiss or maybe it's more like a Goza. It's got and it's got the pickle juice to it. Like it's a, got a little salty tinge on the end of it, but not offensive. Not offensive. Yeah, it, it's definitely. It's not. It's not horrible. All right, which one of these did you rank? This one the best one out of the pack. This would be my favorite out of the pack. Okay, so it's all downhill from here. Yes. Yes, but it's like the reason I went in that order is because it's the level of like how it will murder your taste buds. Okay. Well, that's smart, right? Yeah. I didn't do that <laughs> when I did my review. I just went, I'm going to do this one because I went in the order that they were in the box. Oh, okay. I was showing off the box. Right. So, and but then after realizing, I was like, if I would have done the spicing one at the end, mm -hmm. it would have been a whole lot better. Especially since the reaction on that one was me dying because it was spicy, <laughs> and then coming back to it like it's fucking spicy. Yeah. All right, guys, it's 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 living up to its name. It's spicy. Um, what uh, what right now is your favorite thing to cook? Like if even if even if you weren't recording content, like you're kind of like, all right, Rick, you can pick one thing to cook, and that's what you're gonna have to cook for the next week. Honestly, more variations of the poblanos. Really? So not even meat? Not even meat. It was just the poblano. I mean, the poblano is such a good taste to begin with. How much cream cheese do you go through, Rick? Those poblanos are huge. Well, so that, that poblano was stuffed with mozzarella as well. Oh. So it wasn't all cream cheese. So I actually had to make like half of a cocoon or a boat, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. to... uh layer it because they're huge and then stuff the middle with cream cheese and then make like the second part oh of lord cocoon or thing of cream cheese and then cover it up and then make sure i'm not like destroying the poblano because if nobody's ever cooked a poblano you have to peel off the skin um and in order to do that you have to sear it and there's like a whole like process to it right there is a whole process to it and, and the more you do it the faster you get um, but that wasn't the first time I made it. I did another one the week before where I got the new smoker, which I'm still learning how to use. And because it's a whole new process, uh, different fire management. So I'm still trying to figure out the ins and outs out of it. And all this food that I made essentially came out black. Okay. Like it wasn't burnt yeah. by all means, but you, there's a difference between clean smoke and dirty smoke. Right. So if you see somebody smoking and you see like a bunch of white smoke, you do not want that. You need to stay away from that. You want dark you smoke. You want to get white smoke or just like a lot of smoke. You just want to stay away from that altogether. That's not going to be good barbecue. You definitely want either blue smoke and very little of it or no smoke. Okay. Because it's supposed to be low, right? Like so low. Low and slow, right, is what is low what to say. Yeah. It's low and slow, but even then, you can do a low and slow cook. Mm -hmm. But if you're having what's essentially a dirty fire that's creating a giant smoke, then that's going to affect the taste of the meat. Because that's what, like, if it's if it's too intense it's and creating, yeah, and creating too much, like it's like you're putting ash right, right into the yeah. food. Yeah, it's like a soot that you're yeah. putting onto the food. You ever had like a really burned, like, um, like burger off the grill 
and it crunches. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I it's mean, like charcoal. Times, I've, I've messed up ribs. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done so many fails. I, I will eventually be doing like a fail video, mm. just because I've messed up so many things. Or like I've sometimes I'll hang ribs on a drum smoker. Yeah, and. Like the last time I did that, you know, so ribs have a membrane in the back that you normally want to take off. Right. Before you so cook. I took, before you cook. Yeah. But that's fine if you're just kind of laying them on a rack. But if you're hanging your ribs, you want to leave that membrane on because that's kind of like the glue. Right. It keeps them from falling apart, right? <laughs> it keeps them from like which, falling into the fire. Which that's a rookie mistake that I made taking off the membrane, even though I know I shouldn't. What was your face like when you opened up that smoker and there was like yeah, one, there was one rib hanging there? I was just like, <laughs> I was just shocked. I was like, I can't believe I did that. And you know what? For the life of me, I could I couldn't re- I didn't I couldn't understand why it happened. You were just on autopilot, probably. Yeah, I was just like, I didn't. I'm like, I don't understand. That sure enough happened, and I'm explaining to my friends. It's like I'm having performance anxiety, right? It doesn't happen all the time. I swear. <laughs> I swear. I swear. I'm usually so much better than this. Um. My luck, I would do something like that when it ma- like when it like really mattered, and there was like I was cooking for somebody, and then you're kind of yeah. like, ah, I'm glad all twenty of you are here because all the ribs are in the ash right now. Yeah, um, it's like I think I think we're gonna order pizza now. Let me tell you what Rick did for about a year. Rick has been taking a little social chisel and just chiseling away at me, and it finally gave in this week. And it arrived today. I have a 36-inch flat-top Blackstone griddle ready to be put together. And uh, I'm really pumped about it. It's going to change my life, I think. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. It was such a heavy box. It was sitting at the door. I was like, oh, let me get this inside. I was like, I'm going to fall over with it. Um, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be... it's gonna be delicious. I, I I've I've I love griddle cooking. We've got like a we've got one of those like countertop griddles, like a Black and Decker like countertop griddle that uh, that just you know you plug it in. And it's it's probably I don't know maybe it's just a normal griddle you see. Maybe it might it might be like eighteen twenty inches something like that. Yeah. Um, and I love cooking on it. Like cooking pancakes is so easy because you just you can you can do multiple instead of just doing a couple in the pan, right? And yeah. uh, this thing looks like it's going to be a fucking monster on my back deck. <laughs> so, so that's the one thing about the thirty-six inch one is that the shelves don't fold. They don't. Okay. They don't fold. So right. it'll be all right. I'll figure it out. It's going to be massive. It's going to th- be massive. I think what we're gonna do. So our deck is like two leveled. So we've got like a concrete patio that's usable and covered under. Um, I think I'm actually going to put the grill down there, and when I want to use it because it's on wheels, I'll just roll it out into the open because part of the pad is open. Grill right there, and then let it cool off, clean it, and put it right back under. You know, a I'll still I'll have the all weather cover, but at least it'll also be under the cover of the actual porch too. Um, well, depending on how high your uh, your ceiling is, it sh- you should be fine. Okay. Like I have, because it's not open fire, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I have seven grills right now. Seven grills? What are you doing with seven grills? I have seven grills, and there's more coming. There's more coming. How's your wife feel uh, about seven grills? 
She doesn't care because she gets to eat. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, more than anything, she's very, very supportive of it because I want to, and, and that's kind of like that's kind of like how I won her over. That's the deal, right? Yeah, like I, I cooked for her, and then she never left. <laughs> hey, that was like second or third date or something. It's like I cooked for her, and that was like that. That was it. She's like, "You're a cook, right?" And she's like, "No, no, I'm not. No, <laughs> I am no cook." Um. So I got that. I got the uh, the the grill scraper that you talked talked about the 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 cleaner. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got the smash burger set because you got to have the smash burger set. I've been yeah. obsessed with smash it's burgers. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, you had a video on TikTok like last week or the week before where you were smashing it's burgers. Not out yet. It's not out yet. Was it just like a preview? Oh, you oh, sent it to me. You. Oh, that's I just right. Sent you stuff. I forgot. I, I just like your stuff's there, so I like. Did I see it on TikTok? Did I see it on Instagram? Or did he send it to me? And yeah, he's out there smashing these burgers, and I was like, "Where'd you get that press, bro?" He's like, "Oh, I got the one, you know, the same place you're getting the, the grill from." I was like, "Ah, so I so, got the smash burger thing, man." We we made the mistake of buying the smaller griddle. Yeah, but we were just trying it out. That's why twenty eight. Get the thirty. Yeah, it's, okay. it's too small. Okay. Even for a few people, it's too small. Because right. you want to cook all these things at once. Mm -hmm. You know, well, so you got to get the 36 inch. Have you done a full breakfast out on the griddle yet? Oh, yeah. Countless. Countless. Um, the only reason I wasn't using the griddle is because I only had that one propane tank. Yeah. And you got to have two propane tanks. Okay. You got to have that backup and cycle them in because like, one of the things you got to use to clean it, like any grill, is heat. Sure. So if you're even if you're done with cooking, but you're out of propane, now you're going to be stuck with a dirty griddle that you don't want to clean when it's cold because you're just going to end up scratching it up and messing it up. Yeah, yeah, because that's I mean it's it's a different level. It's going to be take getting used to me, and I'm sure I'm going to pick your brain a little bit and, and watch some YouTube videos because I don't want to ruin the grill. But you know, with a with an, a regular old grill like a like we had a little old propane grill before when we got rid of it, um, it was like a there was the whole thing of like you cook your stuff. Then you do the whole burn off thing, and then you get the big, you get the big brush out, and just, <laughs> and then after a while, you just have these dirty, these dirty grills, like like yeah. actual grill plates, and you're just like, ugh. So, I can't wait. I'm looking yeah, forward so to it. We finally bought another propane tank because we quit being lazy and bought another propane tank, which mm -hmm. I sat on for like two or three months yeah. before taking it to get filled. So finally got it filled, and now that's why we're using it. You got a good fill place like near you? Yeah, yeah, we have a U-Haul place that fills, and they're pretty cool. We do U-Haul as well. It's amazing. Like so, it's cheap. I got good practice with U-Haul and getting uh, propane filled when I was brewing because I had the big burner that I use outside. It was just like a low country burner, basically. Um, and yeah, they're just right down the road. It's a lot cheaper than swapping out cylinders. Like it's. It's just usually you can get a good price and just get them both filled at the same time. And if and if you got a partial, like it's it's so good because you're like, I know I'm going to use more propane than what's in here, so I'd rather just have it topped off. It's just so great. Yeah. And so my whole thing is just cycling it in. Just use it until it's empty, mm -hmm. and then once that's empty out, use the other one or put the other one on, and then just go fill off the other one and just cycle them because you don't go through a lot of propane. Right. So and that's the nice thing about propane is like it's just you don't use it. As much as you think, so it'll take yeah. you a long time. It doesn't burn through too quick. Um, yeah, this is this will be interesting because I think I want to say I was I was reading about the one I got 
uh, the the grill I got, and it's a four burner. Um, yeah. So uh, what's great is you can just use a half of it if you want to. You know, if you just got like a small little thing to do. But man, I'm like daydreaming about those big like. All right, we got people coming over. I'm gonna put on like ten burgers and smash them. It's gonna be amazing. Um, and that's and that's when you become the hero. I'm gonna be the hero, Rick. You're gonna be the hero. You're you're gonna be the person putting people putting smiles on people's faces. Yeah, they're gonna be like, oh my god, you're the best. Yeah, you're feeding them, and but and then you just tell them, no, you don't bring any food. You just bring me booze. Poteet's gonna be like, well, your wife let me kiss you over this grill. Yes, yes, you will. <laughs> no, you just take the kiss. You just take, take it. it. It's like just come here, bro. You find out. Come in. Come on in here. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh man. Um no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think the other thing I've got coming and it's it's not going to be here for another week or so is I got the uh the silicone like egg rings. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you can crack the egg right into them and it'll kind of contain it for you. Like Honestly, in, just go to Wally World and see what they have on clearance cuz that I, stuff's going on clearance now. I got it from there. I got it from there. Okay. So it's 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 really cheap too. Like it, it's Blackstone brand but it's like a big silicone pad that just has a bunch of circles in it. Oh, okay. And so you can just crack them into there, and they, they're like perfect sandwich size. Keeps them from yeah, getting too big. Up, we ended up picking them up for like 10 bucks or something. Oh, amazing. Clearance. Well, because our Walmart, like, so outdoor cooking in Austin is actually quite rare. Oh, yeah. Because it's so hot, oh. right? No, it's not because it's hot. It's just because I think because of the type of city it is. It's a lot of professionals. You, you might have the outdoorsy person that just kind of goes, like they go proper like hiking and camping and they don't have all this stuff, and there's very few people that actually do outdoor cooking here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why barbecue places are so popular in Austin, because nobody's gonna really cook barbecue. So, like, in order for me to get good quality beef, yeah. like, I'm sure you've heard of HEB. Yeah. So we have an HEB two minutes on the road from my house, but I can't go over there and get like the giant beef dino ribs. I have to go out of town, which is 15 minutes away. <laughs> oh, so them. far. Yeah, which to get the like the good like beef ribs and stuff like that. So it, it's not a big scene here. That Flintstones flip the car over rib. Yeah, those those are amazing to cook as well. There was a uh, there was a we went to Orlando to visit Sheets and his wife, and there was I think it's called Three Rivers. It's either Three Rivers or Four Rivers. I can't remember, but. This guy just started. He was he was just doing his kind of like what you're doing. He's just cooking all the time and loving it. And he would do like uh, barbecue plates for his church, right? Like he'd do barbecue plates and you know for whatever fundraiser they were doing uh, once or twice a year. People loved his shit so much they were like, "You gotta open a place." And he did, and it blew up in Orlando. He ended up with like three locations, and he ended up in up in Atlanta. And uh, they had that was the first place I'd ever actually seen someone do one of the big dinosaur ribs, and uh, that's what my wife got when we went there in Orlando. And they it's like so the, we got all of our food, and then they were like, "Oh, yours comes out separate because it's cooked to order every time, right?" And uh, and they brought it out, and I was like, "What the hell is? Th-? I'd never seen a rib that big. It's so incredible, and it was so delicious. It's a, it's a monstrosity." It, it looks like a cartoon. It looks like someone drew it. You know what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't look real. No, they're and they're expensive. Yeah, it's a lot of meat. They're really? Yeah, they're really re- well. If you go to a barbecue place, they're ridiculously expensive. Yeah, but like you know, you can get like a, a three uh, bone rack, and they're like 
40 bucks or something. You can go to Costco and get them for like 50 bucks for two racks of those things. Yeah. So yeah. cooking them is not too bad. It's just buying them. You're like, well, I guess I'm eating ramen for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I guess I'm all right with that. Um, ramen, like you can, what I love about ramen is you can church it up so easily. Like you oh, could yeah. absolutely just like, all right, let me, let me soft boil an egg and drop it in there. Let me cut up some green, like green uh, onion and, you know, you can make it work. You can make it work. Um, oh, for sure. But uh, we've been talking about food for fucking ever. Um, and now I'm hungry again, even though I ate before we got started. What was the other thing? Oh, I sent you that punk rock NBA video today. Oh, about, God, that thing. About, uh, about metal and, and, and hard rock and how it's kind of, the, he, he thinks in a weird place. Finn McKenty is the host, and I actually enjoy some of his videos. I think he's very... He's very, very opinionated, and he's very like, "This is the way I think things are." And I think you, I think that's what works for a lot of YouTubers, right? Um, you want those extreme opinions, right? Um, but I was like watching, and I was like, "Okay, this is kind of this is the music I was into in the '90s." Like, so the the things he was bringing up was like, uh, he basically he was talking about how like any music festival now you're still seeing the same headliners you saw back in the '90s and early 2000s. So like Corn and you know uh, Nine Inch Nails and all these bands like you say you could absolutely put two posters next to each other and it would look like the same show was happening and one was in ninety ninety five and one was in you know two weeks ago, um, and I was I was like watching I was like oh Rick's really into this music too like you like you like a lot of that stuff you like heavy music and uh, that's why I sent it over to you and I was like I was like I wonder what Rick thinks about this like how do you feel. How do you and feel I, about I, that? And I, I, as soon as I watched it, I was like, I, I, I forgot what I wrote you. Oh, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. But so, uh, the guy, the guy was angry because there wasn't enough innovation into mm -hmm. the music, right? But these bands are cr still creating new music. They are, yeah. So, you said, you said, I don't see a problem with being stuck in the past. Most, uh, most of those bands are still creating new music. I'm not really sure how um, how innovative music can actually get. Um, there are they're they're in that genre for a reason. I think that man wants innovation. If he wants innovation, he needs to look into the electronic music scene. Yeah, but at, at the same time, it's not rock. It's not metal. I kind of. But here's the thing. Here's what I will give him. He wasn't shitting on them. He was like, they're still good bands. Yeah. He's just like they're all getting old though. Like. And I kind of agree that there's like, we know a lot of rock dudes. They're kind of locked in on what they like at this point in their lives, right? And the problem, I think the problem is they're locked in on what they like. And also the, the guys that are our age uh, and that we were going to concerts with in high school and co early college ages, right? We all, we're all the ones that have jobs and money right now. <laughs> Like, yeah. so what are we going <laughs> to, what do we do? You know, we want to go see something familiar. We want to know we're going to have a good time. I mean, I can't remember the last time I took a chance and just went to see a band live and been like, all right, let's see how this goes. Like I did that all the time when I was a young kid because what's $5 getting to this show? Let's go, you know, like, or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just think that it's a case of, it's not, it's not as cut and dry as he put it. Right. Um, I think it's more. 
I think it's more the fact that like at this point, everyone has like concert promoters and bands and the people who spend money on that stuff have kind of figured out what works for them. And why would you take that? Like he even said in the video, like why would they take that chance and like chance, like having a whole festival that just bombs because they have these new bands headlining and it makes sense. It's just not, it's, uh, I don't think music's taken in the same way. Like, how did you find out about most of the bands that you, that when you were in high school, right? Liner notes. Like, I always read, like, who, who are they thinking? Who is that band? Who the hell is, you know, uh, who, who the hell is this band that they're, that they're thinking? And who's this person? And then it was seeing other bands open for the bands you wanted to go see. Yeah. Well, like, my music experience was totally different. I didn't know what, like, really like rock was or metal was until i moved to texas oh okay see i thought you were always a metalhead i didn't know that no yeah no no i was always into like uh rap hip-hop house music things like sure. that because that's what i was surrounded by yeah i i mean in high school there was like you, you know the football players they were big into like nine inch nails and i actually had that conversation with my wife today it's like i never really need like i've heard of the names Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't know who Ozzy Osbourne was. I didn't know who ACDC was. Like I knew the names, but I never listened to the music. But at the same time, it was like kind of growing up in an era where all I had was pretty much radio. Yeah. So I didn't have cable, so I was never exposed. I still remember when the first time I heard about corn mm-hmm. was like being a kid and having the internet at school. That one computer that had the internet in the computer room. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd go to chat rooms. Totally dating myself right now. The internet and, changed everything, man. Yeah. And, and But there's all these kids like, corn. Corn is the best. Corn, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are they spelling corn wrong? Right. Why are they spelling it with a K? I didn't know who the hell they were. Yeah. So. it's It's such a weird, tricky slope, right? It's like one of those things where you're like, I understand the the frustration like there's they're really not it's it's harder to pass the torch now because everything is so flash in the pan right so you might have just like before you might have like a one-hit wonder that, that pops up here and there but like at this point everyone's just like how do we maximize the dollar I can't be taking chances on seeing if you know a ton of people want to come see bring me the horizon or am I going to have more people come and see Metallica? Right? They're gonna, you're gonna have way more people come see Metallica. It's just, just that's just the fact of the matter. Um, but I understand that there at some point will be a problem, but I don't think it's as dire and as drastic as the host of this video made it out to be, because when those bands go away, people still are going to want to go to concerts and they're just going to go see these other bands, like they're, they're going to. Yeah, I mean, there's so many genres of music that there are way more music festivals than the ones he mentioned. Mm-hmm. He he just mentioned the whole mainstream music festivals, you mm-hmm. know, the ones that you've heard of. But there's like so many rock and and metal shows that are out there. So many festivals that get um, sold out that yeah. you don't hear about because they're not mainstream. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not that they have bad music or whatever. They, they just don't fit whatever, I guess, the mainstream media would want to hear. Sure. I mean, I, I, I know about Furnace Fest um, in, in Birmingham. I, 
I had heard of it before. I didn't really pay too much attention to it, but this year I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy shit, like I know all these bands and a lot of them haven't been together in a long time. Like it's, they're kind of riding that wave of like, it's it's interesting because I talked to our buddy J-Pod and I, and I wish we had sat down and done a podcast while he was here, but um, it's interesting to look at our music, right? You know, what, what regardless of what genre you're into, hip hop, pop, um, or or rock and metal, like we're at that age right now where all this stuff works for us because we're about 20 years removed from all the stuff we grew up listening to. And all these bands are now like, oh, it's been 20 years since we released this album. We're going to go out and just tour and play that album from front to back. And like, it's just, they're hitting the sweet spot of all the people that grew up listening to them now are the people who are buying all the shit. Like, so it's just a nice, I think it's just a nice natural progression of things. Well, on top of that, they're uh, like, they're, these people are introducing them to their kids as well. Yeah. And, you know, the, the music is universally loved. So these kids are like, hey, you know, they're, they're having a good time. You'll, you'll see a baby, you know, probably jamming out to Slipknot or something, right? Mm. Because the rhythm, you know, you just feel it and it's just there. Or they see their parents just getting excited and dancing to something. Yeah. Like, my kid, is like, I don't know what it is. Like, you just put on anything with a good beat. It could be rock. It could be rap. It could be whatever. And all of a sudden, she just starts, like, no one taught her. She just starts bouncing. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, this stuff is like built into your DNA. Like, it's not like, and she just started like, it started with like her little toys and stuff. I'll tell you right now, the songs that get stuck in my head right now are all these, all the songs that her toys play. <laughs> I'm just like, and I'll just be like sitting there brushing my teeth and be like, welcome to our learning farm. We've got much to show you. Shapes and colors, music too. There's so much to do. I'm just like, God damn it. This stuck in my head. Yeah, now turn that into like a metal one-hit wonder. Oh man, was it uh, kid kids bop, kid bops? And then they did someone someone went and did like they took metal songs and they they just had kids sing them for a while. Yeah, I know there was like a Metallica lullaby compilation or something a while back. Yeah, kids go metal stuff like that. Yeah, just insane. Um, but but even then, there's some metal bands that would actually bring kids to sing. Yeah, like uh, Machine Head did that. I think uh, onto their onto the Locust album, and it was just beautiful. Man. I, I I mean I think Pod probably did it first, but there was a choir. Machine, yeah, I remember when Pod did the choir. Machine Head, yeah, they did that thing. Uh, Machine Head's one of those bands that I always was aware of, and I didn't like when they were on. I didn't mind it. I just never got the chance to go see them. I went and saw so many bands around that time. And Machine Head would like, I just miss them, or, uh, or like they were, you know, I would, they would come and like I just wasn't able to go or something like that. Like, but Machine Head, uh, a bunch of really cool dudes, like just from the videos I've watched of them. Like, there's, there's one whole thing, like, I don't know how into Pantera you are. Oh, I love Pantera. I do too, but I hate Phil. <laughs> well, Phil's I have Vinnie Paul story. Oh, Phil. But Phil, I, I like Phil. Yeah, he's okay. I like Phil. The, 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 I, I mean, he had kind of a rough, like, going. Mm -hmm. And they were, were in the whole cancel culture thing, and they were trying to cancel Metallic, or I'm sorry, Pantera. Yeah. On TikTok, well, and it's like, and I know people were saying that he was racist and stuff. He he did have a couple of shows where he was yelling white power. I, I, 
then, like <laughs> even now, he's got like, well, he was doing his band is called Ferlan Samoan de Legos, mm-hmm. which half of his bandmates are Mexican. Sure. Sure. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like you were talking about it with uh, Sean. It's like kind of like we've all done dumb shit in the past. We have. We have. Like, Phil's. We get canceled. Yeah. If we had social media back in the day. It's true. It's true. There's just some stuff with Phil where I'm just kind of like, mm, that that feels like you you that feels like you believe it a little too hard sometimes. Oh, it's it's kind of like the people that have you know like you know racist tattoos that they got when they were younger too, right? Mm, yeah. It's like they they changed their stand. You know, they probably hung around the wrong people, or they were they, that's all they knew until they realized they life doesn't have to be like this, right? Yeah, people can change. For sure. For sure. Not too long ago, I definitely saw, speaking of racist tattoos, I definitely was stopped at a stoplight and looked over and saw a dude with his arm hanging out of his car, of his truck with a giant swastika on his arm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I hadn't seen that. Like, I hadn't seen that, like, face-to-face, like, before. I've seen him on TV. I've seen him on TV. I've seen him on documentaries, stuff like that. But I was like, oh. Wow, that's a real one right there. Whoa. Like, I just hadn't, like, it was just kind of surreal because like, it's kind of like when you see a band you've been really wanting to see and you're out, you're out in their crowd and they come out on the stage, you're like, oh, I've been watching videos of these guys and reading the liner notes of all their albums and seeing pictures of them and now they're right there. You know, it's, it was like that, but with Nazis. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was like, so when I really got in, when I started getting into metal, and really expanding into music. Mm-hmm. I kind of, like, even, I, people were shocked that I knew bands like Screwdriver mm-hmm. and things like that because everybody knows Screwdriver is kind of, it, it's, it's literally a racist band. Yeah. <laughs> but people were like, you know Screwdriver? I was like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm just seeing what they're about. It's like. Yeah, well, and also, back when I was getting into a lot of metal bands, like, information didn't travel like it did. Um. I watched a video yesterday or the day before that was like talking about like apparent. There's a lot. There's a, like a lot of Nazism in black metal. A lot, like because I mean it's it's from a lot of Nordic countries. It's got yeah. very very much a. It's got very much a vibe to it. Um, and it it was a, it was a pretty cool video though. It's basically this guy was like, here's how you find out if the bands you're listening to are racist. Like the black metal bands you're listening to are racist. Look for these runes. Like there's there's like old like Celtic runes and like all these you know all this imagery and just what their lyrics are about. And and when they're asked about their influences, you can usually tell like, oh, if they if they attribute like their influences to this one guy and they don't at least mentioned that he had a fucked up ideology. Like you can usually kind of deduce based off of other interviews if, and it's always interesting to look at that to me because, um, I don't know. I guess I never really thought about, I mean, we had movies like American history X where you had, you know, clearly it was depicting Nazis that were into like hardcore music and like that were into like some crazy stuff. But I didn't realize until I was older that like, even hardcore and um, and punk music and stuff like that, like they had these factions that were like very much like fuck racists and very much like we're racist. <laughs> like it's, it's so wild to me to see. So like 
I I don't know what it is about me. Like I like these little mini documentaries where people are just kind of like, you know, talking about how, oh, you didn't know this band was like this. Like here's all these examples of, you know, of this guy just being anti-Semitic as hell and just like finding out about this stuff. And you're like, wow, I didn't realize. I didn't realize, you know, it's, you just don't know. Cause when you're a kid, you're just kind of like, oh, this music fucking rocks. You're not really listening to the words, you know? Yeah, and I'm one of those people that I've never listened to words. Yeah. You know, and you can obviously tell their commercials like that. It was like that was like a one subway commercial, which played Blister in the Sun. Oh, yeah. Femmes. Yeah. And there was that like, there was that like whole string of subway commercials with that Jared guy in it, too, who was very, <laughs> who ended up having his own deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jared. Good old Jared. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 interesting because like there I mean, I know you you brought up cancel culture and like I don't know, it's I think it it's good that the information's out there because I like not necessarily that I want anyone to be canceled, but it's I think it's nice to know that all the information is there and you can decide for yourself, right? You can decide your level of involvement project mayhem style, you know. Definitely. Because there is like a you know, kind of like what me and Death talked about with what you would allow to go on in your chats, what you would allow to go on in your community is a reflection of you, right? Like if someone's in there being a total asshole, sexist, you know, or racist or something like that, and you don't say anything or you don't boot them, like it's silent complicity, right? Like you're like, it. maybe it's, maybe you're not complicit, right? Maybe you're not, but like, it's the perception of what the community thinks of like, why is, why is Lopez letting this guy stick around and he's just shit talking girls all the time? Well, well, people like have that whole mentality. And then the whole thing, like, you know, people are try harding to grow Mm -hmm. and they don't want to ban people because I don't want to lose that viewer. I love losing those viewers, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm old. I'm old. (laughs) Well, at the same time, it's kind of like you do got to set your boundaries. I had to ban one of our friend's partners before mm. I quit streaming. I remember you telling me about this. Go ahead and tell the story, though. Because they were straight up insulting me because I didn't want to play a game mm. that they wanted me to play. I'm like, no, that's not my type of game. Oh, it's because you suck and you're a pussy. I was like, what? Mm. No. And that threw me off for a loop. And I, just had, I was so upset. I had to abandon them and had to end the stream. Yeah, people throw you those curveballs sometimes, right? Like, you're like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I've had to like quell. I don't. I don't think I've ever had anything super racist come in. I have had people that that like invaded my Discord and were dropping a bunch of shit. And thankfully, oh, people like you and and people like the other mods like Carrion and and S'mores were like there to kind of quash all that before it became a problem. And we put in some some things that would kind of protect us from that in the future. Um, but like, I've definitely had to like quash some like, some sexism stuff where someone was being like a little too. It like you know like there's the, there's light joking like which we've always done all our lives. Like I don't think we've ever seriously, like at least me, I don't think I've ever seriously like insulted somebody. You know where it's like I really believe what I'm saying, right? Um, but you could tell sometimes you can just tell with the way some people are. You're like, oh, this guy like really believes what he's saying. Like it's not, it's not just a joke anymore because it's just like usually if you're joking, it's just like you kind of you kind of tag it and then you move on, right? 
but like they're kind of like okay you're lingering on this a little too long and i'm just kind of like dude you gotta fucking stop or we're fucking not gonna do this anymore no and that can easily go into another like offline episode right but it's sure. just kind of talking about like you know the straight up sexism or the hate that goes on in twitch oh man it's I mean, it's real like you know recently well not recently but whenever the whole bathtub hot tub streamer thing movie streamer thing whatever you want to call it e-girl yeah. thing came out like i got attacked yeah yeah well and it depends too right like it's you do have a contingency of people's like and and they're they're entitled to their opinion like this is ruining twitch or this is not what this is about and it's kind of like but it is like they like you got to get past the fact like twitch is here to make money like yeah. so they want the eyes and here's the thing about your eyes they don't have to be watching that watch the thing you want to watch vote with your click vote with your dollars go to the places you want to see and if more money gets pumped into that guess what twitch is going to focus on that again so if you really think it's all about that you're just fucking kidding yourself like twitch is about what's going to get people to show up and hang out you know if it's someone sitting there reading a book silently, which they did as an April Fool's joke, and I think it was fucking hilarious, um, then Twitch is going to put that on the front page. Like, if if there's ten thousand people watching, you know, a bunch of channels that they do do just that, that's what's going to be there. That's what's going to be on display. No, it's definitely an interesting monster, and I'm I'm still a firm believer that all the people who are complaining, they're like, oh, they're stealing our viewers. They're not your viewers to begin with. Yeah, you don't want those people in your in your chat. You really don't. Yeah. No, those are streamers. Yeah. Right. These are streamers. And they're like, and, you know, I, I didn't, I never spoke to any of them. I never retaliated until my buddy and I did that video talking about it. Mm -hmm. And then I posted it in that thread. And, of course, nobody watched it. Oh, yeah. No one watched it. Because everyone's kind of, like, locked into where they're going to be with that kind of opinion. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're not going to convince me otherwise. It's just like talking politics with anyone. You're like, you know what you already believe. And, you know, there's no point in having this conversation. You know, it's how I feel with some of my family members. Like, there's no point in having this conversation because you already know how you feel. Yeah. And yeah. it sucks. But, like, no one's no one's willing to kind of separate themselves from that. Um, or, or they don't, they're not willing to make the change to grow. Hmm. Like, they're like, oh, it's going back to the streamer to not get sidetracked by all the politics crap. Sure. No, no, no that's uh, fine. Yeah. But, um, you know, the whole streamer, like other streamers, I can't get any viewers or whatever. And I would go look at their content. And I'm like, you're just sitting there. Looking around. Yeah. Just. Not saying a word. Mm -hmm. Not saying a word. And I'm like, okay, why are people going to sit there and watch you? Well, death you're put. not doing anything. Yeah. Death put it a great way. Like here's the thing most people are listening to you while they're doing something else and if you're not saying anything and you're not providing anything to to their ears then they're going to be like well i can't take the silence because most people just don't want the silence right yeah um i don't know it's such an it's such an interesting beast man it really really is i don't uh there's sometimes you deal with like you you sit there and you're like okay we can we can get through this and we can we can have you know have a show and then some nights you're just kind of like i don't know why i'm doing this shirt or we're doing this for <laughs> no no you got to remind yourself you do it because it's fun and you enjoy it 
yeah, you have to enjoy it, right? It's it's got to be something yeah. that you that you absolutely um want to do. Otherwise, it's sh- it shows. It shows every time. Yeah. yeah what What have you been uh so what's been so when you turn on YouTube, do you have any like go-tos, like types of videos, uh channels that you go to? So, lately, so I just watched the documentary for Guar on Shudder. Oh, they got a documentary for Guar? Yes. Did it just come out? It just came out. It okay. was actually came out in the theaters first, like in select theaters. Mm. And but we missed it for whatever reason. Am I going Bloody Mary now, by the way? Bloody Mary? It's the next one? Yes, it's Bloody Mary. Hold Bloody on. Bloody Mary. Guar. Dude, it's about that time of year. I usually I usually get shutter for about three or four months that surround uh Halloween. Because it's perfect. You just they got their live stream they got their live uh channels and then they've got uh you know obviously all their content, but I mean it's like just perfect for that time of year for the fall. Shutter just feels like a fall type of service. Well, if you have AMC plus it comes with it. Oh. I don't know. I don't think I have AMC plus, but So we ended I ended up buying AMC Plus because I was on sale for like twenty bucks for a year. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm yeah, okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty, it, like it reminds me of V8. Like, it's gonna have a nice little aftertaste. That's gonna come in, like sting a little. Yeah, I can feel it in the back of the throat. Yeah. Mm, okay, I'm dealing with that. That's good. But um, we ended up buying Shutter. They had like a promo or MHC Plus. They had a promotion. Yeah. It was 20 bucks for the year, so I got to make sure I cancel I have an alarm set up to cancel it. <laughs> I do that all the time, too. I'm just kind of like, this is over. I, I said it for like a week or two before. I'm like, do yeah. you want to keep that? And no. it's almost always no. No, it's no. It's no. Um, but no, the Guar documentary is like, actually, I think we have a special connection when it comes to Guar. My Instagram picture, my profile picture is a picture with Guar and I. Oh, very nice. So it's my best friend and I posing with Guar. Um, walking down 6th Street, downtown Austin during South by Southwest, which I also took my mom to go see Guar. So what did your mom think of Guar? My mom's a super tiny Mexican woman mm-hmm. who took her phone to the front of the stage and was getting other people to take pictures of Guar for her while they're playing. Wow. Yeah. So, but my wife, I think one of our first concerts we went to go see, we were supposed to see Cradle of Filth. Yeah. But Guar opened up, and I had already heard heard of them. Never listened to their music, but we saw Guar, and we're like, this is the greatest thing ever. That's when the original lead singer was alive too, right? Yes. Yeah. Otis, Otis, right? Odorous Urungus. Odorous Urungus, that's right. Damn. I've never seen Guar live. Never seen him live. You don't want to see him live. I heard it's an experience, though. It's an addiction. Is it really? Dude, these guys are so incredibly talented musicians while wearing costumes and having a theatrical play. Yeah. Damn. I just remember the video, like, when when I was in high school of of people getting up on stage and getting eaten by the worm. The giant, the giant worm, and they would just get pushed in there. Uh, Jerry Springer, it was like in the nineties, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like nine, like mid nineties for sure. And he, yeah. and and Odorous would always be on Jerry. 
Yeah. And he would always be on the fucking, he was like a regular guest on the Daily Show at one point, too. So Guar was probably like one of the few times, like living in Austin, you run into a lot of celebrities. Sure. But Guar was like the, the band that I was like totally starstruck with. Uh, the guitarist was trying to get me to buy him a beer, and I was still starstruck. And I was like, "You, you want me to? I'm just, I, I just want to hug you. You <laughs> might murder me, but I just want to hug you." Yeah, it's it's interesting what would, and, and and a lot of people there's there's people who are easily starstruck, um, and then there's people who like the weird things starstruck. Like I could, I I've met a lot of pretty big celebrities, um, just from doing radio and from and from you know being up in New York for a little while doing radio up there and. I don't know. It's always like the smaller, the smaller uh, celebrities, like it's like comedians you meet and stuff like that that always start because because it's like always seems to be people that I hear a lot of their words. Like if I if I like if I listen to a lot of their stand up or if I've listened to a lot of their podcasts, I'm just kind of like this is wild because now we're talking and this is something that you're, you're used to having in your ears for hours and hours on end, right? Um, but then like you meet somebody that's. You know, a celebrity like I met Ronnie James Dio right when he was still alive. Oh, yeah, I met Dio um, when him and Black Sabbath were together um, in two thousand seven ish. They they got back together and, and did like a some sort of like greatest release hit or something like that, a greatest release, uh, you know, greatest hit release. And they were touring, and he came. They came in and talked to the Opie and Anthony show, and. It was the entire band, so it was basically Black Sabbath with with Ryan James Dio and not Ozzy, and um, they were all really nice. I had to, I was an intern. I had to all get them all coffee and like I like go get their order and everything. And Ronnie James Dio was like the nicest person ever, you know, voice voice of a of a of a of a satanic angel, right? Like he's he's the metal guy, right? And he was so tiny and he was so nice and like. I remember at one point we were, they had wrapped up the interview and I was like carrying stuff out of the studio and he like jumped up out of his seat and like ran over and like opened the door for me. I'm just like, you're Ronnie James Dio. Like just, you don't have to do this. Like it was just so shocking to me. Right. Um, but I was never, it was cool, but I was never like, I, I think I purposely just kind of psyched myself up to be like, just fucking treat them like they're normal people. Like, yeah, because so many people are like, I'm such a big fan. And you're like, and and you know they just get tired of hearing it, you know. So like, if you're going to leave any impression, they might not remember it, but just being like, "Hey, what's going on? How are you doing? How are you feeling?" Like, just talk about anything but what they do, you know. Yeah. They love that shit. No, they do, and those 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 probably what sticks with them the most. And I and I kind of understand why the appeal of Austin is for all these celebrities to move here to. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's gonna bother them, right? People might say, "Hey, I love your stuff," and just move on. Yeah, That's about it. People, yeah, you're not getting mobbed, right? Yeah, here people are usually pretty chill about that. Um, you know, and of course, like the metal guys, like any like crazy metal guy, you usually are the nicest people in the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're usually the nicest people in the world. Um, I know. Uh, we had a well. We didn't have an incident with Adrian Brody, but he was there mm-hmm. um, when they were filming the movie Predators. Okay. Um, that's what I understood is that it was filmed here in Austin. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, there, we had this bar, one of our local joints that we used to go to downtown called Tiniest Bar in Texas. And it was literally like a stand on the side of a building with a giant patio. Right. And then like this giant, scary looking German dude who was the nicest dude in the world. But he looked scary as shit. And we were just kind of sitting down. We were meeting some friends. There was nobody there. And there's Adrian Brody. And then somebody started talking to us. Because that's usually people are pretty good about like, hey, can I sit with you? And we're like, yeah, whatever. And they were like, yeah, I just went to try to talk to him. And he was kind of like, he was like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't blame the dude. Right, right. He's there by himself, you know, just kind of leave him alone. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I, like, I, I've never, I'm trying to think of like anyone I've dealt with that was like a real prick. And I really haven't. Like, I really have, I think, I think the times I've thought people were being pricks, I think it was just kind of a, like time gave me perspective on what that was the situation was like I went and saw corn when I was in middle school on their life is peachy tour and opening for them was a band that no one had ever heard of before called Limp Biscuit. and uh they hadn't didn't have an album out they, they had like one t-shirt at the stand like no one had heard like their first album hadn't even come out yet and like they came out and melted everyone's face because they do a really good stage show like they really do um lots of energy and stuff like that and then like while corn was playing like i remember i needed to step out and get some air because it was hot as fuck in the in the venue we were in and um this is the time and and this is again it goes back to what we were talking about finding new music right like if you remember back in the in the mid to late 90s and early 2000s the bands that opened were walking around the crowd handing out demo tapes yeah, they were handing out ta- like here's two or three songs off our new album. Like, check it out and see if you like it. And when the album comes out, please buy it, kind of thing. Um, and you know, I'm sitting out there in the lobby. I'm like having a drink of water or whatever. And uh, dumb Fred Durst walks up to me with his Kangol hat on, and and you know the whole Fred Durst get up right, and and hands me a fucking tape. And I was like, oh hey, dude. You guys are really good. You guys are going to be really big one day. I told him that. Like I said that to him, and he was he was just like, uh. <laughs> like kept walking. And I was just kind of like, ah, what a prick. Like in in my head. But then like as I've gotten older, I'm just kind of like, yeah. He probably had the the proper reaction to a 14 year old telling him like, your guys are awesome. Like yeah. he probably heard that like so many times, right? Not that not that you stop that you stop appreciating that, but. I think it's just kind of like you can only take the 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 words of a fourteen year old so seriously, right? Um, yeah. And I mean, I still bought the first two or three albums, you know. Like it's, it wasn't one of those things that turned me off to it, but I was just kind of like, at the time I was kind of like, oh, I was kind of a dick, <laughs> like. Um, but yeah, that's like the closest. And and but even then, like looking back on it as like an almost forty year old person now, I'm just kind of like, yeah. I mean, it's it's essentially him looking at me was like me looking at like my, my youngest brother, right. Saying something like, like, that was awesome. <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, but I, way. yeah, yeah. I just, um, I think that most, most music guys, like they're just so used to being around people anyway, that it's, unless they're like a really big diva of a person or of a personality. Um, they're so, they're just so laid back because they get all that aggression out on stage you know, yeah. and they're just kind of like, I just want to have a beer and chill the fuck out. Kind of fucking wild. 
Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, and I kind of, not that I'm saying I'm a celebrity or anything, but there's times where people try to put me on the spot. You got to do this. And I'm like, no, no. Man. That's going to make me not do it so fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, like Rick loves bacon is not here. Yeah. Here you got Ricardo. Do that thing. Do that thing you're doing. Like, no, I don't want to. No, go eat a bag of Richards. So that is <laughs> a bag of Richards. But that's, that's how a celebrity feels at all times, you know, especially someone who's like typecast. Right, someone who like a, like a Dwight Schrute like you know type situation like um and um like anybody who's just like they're known for the one thing and they were just kind of like you're that guy that does right you know um I don't know I can see I, like I, I honestly the older I get the more I realize like maybe they're not being dicks maybe they just are tired of people. <laughs> it's like maybe there's that maybe there's just the fact that they're just like i can't deal with people right now so there will there, i mean some some people do it like do it in a very elegant way mm -hmm. um they're not a super famous band but they're well known i forgot what show that their song was on but a band called she wants revenge i, rem I remember that band um so we went to see them since when they started mm -hmm. i forgot who we went to go see and they were playing and we like fell in love with them and we kept seeing them on the shows and the the singer remembered us. Um, super cool guy. And one time I went up to him, I think it was like the third show that I had seen him play. And I went to go say hi. I was like, dude, I really love your new stuff and blah, blah. And he was like, Hey, if you don't mind, I'm really enjoying this music right now. And I just kind of want to listen to it. And I'm like, Oh, that totally. Sure. And I respected it. I was like, dude, totally, totally. Yeah. Right. And I stepped away. But at the same time, later on, he made sure, and we had like a full-on conversation outside by the tour bus. Yeah, like the guy was super nice. the The only time he became a dick was like when some random dude is like, "Do you? Here's our album." Yeah, trying to get a leg up. Yeah, he's so, like, here's our album. He just kind of went like, Ugh. "So me and Death talked about it. like there. You can tell when people are being opportunists and when people are being, uh, being genuine, right? And just wanting to hang out and just talk shit." Like not gain something from it, yeah. And yeah, no. Those got musicians and uh, and celebrities deal with that all the time. Where it's just kind of like, what do you want from or, me? Or when people like I, Death mentioned this, like when people pay and they expect something in return. Oh yeah. Like I had people. So before, it, it's weird the way I've worked with my channel, but it's not something that I've always tried to do. It's kind of like grow and become partner that's never been a goal mm. i'm just having fun if if it does well it does well it's fine right but then kind of start looking at analytics every time i've ended because i've ended several times and came back like the channel was doing very very well and if i would have kept up that momentum going i probably would have already been partnered now sure um but you start to realize when you're getting to that point where like i had i had several people like donate like 10 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. Hey, and this was like when hosting started becoming a thing. Hey, can you put me on your host list? Ugh. I donated 10 bucks. And I'm like, seriously? No, you want the 10 bucks back? That's why I was like, can I just give you that back and not do that? That'd be great. I'm just like, I'm like, whatever, dude. That, that was just kind of my response. It, it, it's just like, whatever. It, it, it's just whatever. <sighs> I mean, there's a game to play, right? There's a there is a game to play in itself that's not even the game, the video game you're playing when it comes to Twitch. Like, there's a finesse to it. 
there's like, okay, like you said, maybe you do a couple more hours with this many people, get the average up of, of, of people watching. Like, I get it. And some people can do that game. Like, I just, it feels weird to me sometimes. Like, I, but I understand why people do it. And I know people that that are very successful at what they do with Twitch. And I wouldn't, I don't, uh, I don't blame any of them for, for, for doing what they do. Um, because I feel like the people that I decide to be around and watch and, and interact with are genuine about what they're doing. Like you can tell when someone truly wants to be there, right. And truly wants this thing to happen. And you can tell when someone is just kind of like just phoning it in and trying to get there. And then it almost, almost without fail, they reach partner, they reach a certain level and they're like, well, I'm good. Or they just stop altogether. How, how many times have you seen a person reach partner and then all of a sudden they're not streaming within a month or two after that? Oh, a lot. A lot. There's no carrot anymore. The carrot's gone. I mean, I have I have friends that like, uh, I, I don't know, they're more of acquaintances, but they're like, they were like, well, especially when the requirements to actually become partner came out, they're like, oh, it's so good that Twitch now has this requirement. I know what to strive for. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I can see what your point is. Normally, I tell people, it's like, hey, if, because people ask me for advice. And I'm like, what's your motivation to stream? Oh, first, I want to become affiliate and make my way to partner. I'm like, I'm honest. I'm like, just quit. Yeah, just quick because it's like if that's your goal, man, you got a lot. You're you're gonna you're you're setting yourself down for a big setback, a big fall. There was a point in time where I wanted that. There was a point in time where I was like, I want to be a partner, but it wasn't like. There's a difference between like striving toward a goal and having that thing be what motivates you to do the thing. Right, like it's like that'd be great. I want to be partner. Sure, that'd be great. That'd be good. But the only reason why I'm doing this is to become partner and make money. Like that's a different. There's a big difference there. there. There's a big difference. And then the th the thing is like people aren't self aware, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm not for everybody. I'm yeah. not everybody's cup of tea. If somebody hosts me for, and I've had this happen where people have hosted me for like 900 people, and then an hour later, there's just my friends again. Right. You know, those people are there for that personality. They're not there for my personality. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame them for sticking around. It's like, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I never take it personally when people raid in yeah. and they're gone. Like, that's, yeah. that's, I don't expect anything else, right? I don't expect, I don't expect everyone to stick around. And I, I've seen where people do get fucking hurt by the fact that, Oh man, 200 people just showed up and then all of a sudden they're right back down to the, you know, 20, 30 they were at before. Yeah. And you can feel them deflate and you're like, dude, fucking half, like most of those people were just kind of listening in the background and now their person's gone. Like there's no, no one's being personal about it. Yeah, no, it's just whatever they find entertaining. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, that's kind of why I've always hated looking at my numbers. I hated looking at my numbers. Yeah. I quit doing I that pretty quickly. Yeah. I hate, and that's the thing I hate about TikTok that you can't get rid of your numbers. I would love that. that. Live number is, oh, I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. Piece of tape. 
piece of tape, just put it over the thing, done. Yeah, but that's that's also where like the end button is at. <laughs> like we want you to know how bad you suck tonight. Press the end button. Yeah, there's the end button. I'm like, God damn it. and I just hate looking at it. I just hate looking at it. It's kind of like drives me nuts. But that's that's the motivation, right? Like because it's a self it's a self fulfilling cycle with something like TikTok, where it's like, all right, we want people to be watching and interacting with TikTok at all times. We also want people to be motivated to be putting things into TikTok. Like it's such a weird cycle of things because you could do a podcast, right? Like we're doing this podcast. I don't know how many people will listen to it. I have no I have no idea how many people will download it or whatever the fuck, right? I can tell how many people watch the YouTube video and I can get a rough sense of what the downloads are, but it's not affecting me right now because I can't see what that's gonna be. And that's amazing, right? It's It's almost demoralizing to have to look at that number, right? Um, I turned I turned all my Twitch stuff off long ago. The only thing I ever look at is chat. Like I, I really don't have anything else I look at. I turn everything off except for like the time I've the, the amount of time I've been live. Like because you can turn all that stuff off in the dashboard or whatever, and it's just kind of like I just need to know how long I've been on because I'll just get lost and I'll look up and I'll be like. I've been live for five hours. What the fuck, man? I got to go to bed, you know? I, I see the people that have, like, the viewer counter on their screen. Or the, or the, or the sub count. Like, I'm what? Not, I just cringe. I, and the sub count I get. Yeah, sure. I get the sub count. It's a goal, sure. The sub counter, I, I get the follower goal and everything. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I see the viewer count with that little Twitch logo there, and I'm like, why are you doing that to yourself? Yeah. Some of it might be, I know with like when you're streaming on console, sometimes you have to like really dig to find how to turn that off. In console, there's no way around it, I think. It just stays there. It just stays there. That fucking sucks because streaming from console blows. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. It's not, I, I started on console. It's not a good experience. <laughs> I started on It was horrible. It was a horrible experience. I still know people that stream from console. I don't blame them. Like, it's just what you have. Yeah, but you got to make it work. It feels terrible. It feels awful. And some people can pull it off. Well, I mean, I think what when I met Curdy, I think she was streaming on con No, she had, she had just moved to PC. She was on a laptop. You know what I'm saying? I remember the laptop, yeah. The laptop days, right? And it was just like, and she had like a shitty headset mic and like all this stuff. Um, But, you know, I think it's a good start jumping off point, right? I think there's a good, there's a good way to start about things. And, and like, honestly, like to dip your toe, console's not bad. If it's just like something you do every once in a while, if it's something that you're thinking about doing, you could be like, let me see how I like it. And then as you get used to streaming to no one, because that's what you do when you stream from console usually, um, and and you get like minimal like chat interaction, but you figure out how to talk while nothing's going on, then you can be like, I want to keep doing this. And that's like the motivation to be like, okay, I need to build something or buy, buy something and stream from a PC. But... I think people just want to jump headlong. And that's what I wanted to kind of pick brain, death's brain about last week is like, if people want to jump headlong into like, I want this mic 
but I haven't hit live for the first time yet. Right. You know, it's kind of like, well, how about you try it out? Because then you might, you might've spent a lot of money on a microphone and an interface that, that you didn't need to spend because you figured out, you know, a month or two later, you didn't like doing it anyway. Well, even then it's like, okay, so this microphone, like every, I think certain mics, you have to try them on for size. You do. I feel like this microphone complements my voice better than other microphones I've tried. Yeah. And this is why the reason I fell in love with it. Of course, it was your recommendation. Yeah. But I tried it on for size. You know, I went to Guitar Center. I did all the things and I got to try out different mics. And I was like, this is the one that I want. But also, there's a difference between trying it on for size and having it be the first thing you bought. Right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's a, that's a big investment to take a chance on, you know? It, well, I mean, even the people don't realize it's like, okay, there's still a lot of things that you have to do, you know, with your mixers, whatever you got going on to get this to sound good for you. How many mics did you go through before you got to the Electro Voice? I want to say five or six. I say that's about right step up to something like this the only reason why i got to, to why i jumped to this as quick as i did is because i'd used it before yeah you know in a, in a radio studio but like yeah you just you, it's baby steps it, you don't have to break the bank to get started well it was like whatever headset i had at the time and the headset was surprisingly plantronics mm -hmm. has an amazing microphone was i i was around for the head the headset days wasn't i yeah, you were. I think you were definitely. No, maybe. No, I think you showed up when I started rocking the Yeti. Yes, yes. I was already rocking the Yeti. Yeah, I think I might have watched some clips or something, and you were still using the headset or something like that. Yeah, but the Plantronics had an amazing microphone, which I ended up sending one to Boutique. Yeah. Um. So that that was a really good microphone, but it was like, oh, I need to get the Blue Yeti, and that's when I learned it's like, oh shit, I got to <laughs> process this. <laughs> yeah it's, so that was a big learning curve because it's like you can't expect to buy this microphone and sound automatically good you got to fine-tune it and you got to make sure it's facing the right direction <laughs> and it cringes I, oh my god the cringe factor yeah. that i see on twitch that i see on you know on tiktok people using their blue yeti mics and for people that don't know a blue yeti mic you don't point it at your face it's it like, looks like you should. It looks like you should, but you don't. It's a side address. It's a side address microphone. You literally, in order for it to be, to use it properly, you have to be looking at the blue logo on the side of it. Yeah. But I'll see people do this, the way we're holding our microphones, just, yeah, you know, head on. Or they'll have it backwards because they have their gain all the way turned up and they have to have it backwards because they don't realize you can turn down your gain and, and you can hear everything in their room yeah. like all the <sighs> like yeah why is it echoing so bad it's like because you're yelling and it's bouncing off the wall and into your microphone <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad i mean now good thing now you have better microphones that are cheap yeah that have all that built-in software that make life easier but then people still buy the blue yeti still fuck it up it's i mean there's just I think that the people that are doing it right do their research. They figure out, okay, this is what might work for me. Or like, uh, honestly, 
I think the best thing that that I do is if I'm making a big purchase, if I'm buying something new, a new piece of equipment, it's I'm watching every YouTube video I can find about that piece of equipment. I'm gonna I'm gonna be sick of hearing about it before I'm actually like, I guess I'm pulling the trigger on this roadcaster. Sounds good. You know? It's a big investment. It is. It is. I mean it's 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 hard to the least amount of, I mean, and I still did a pretty extensive amount of research before I bought the Electro Voice because I was like, well, is it better than the SMB? You know, is it the, you know, is it better than the Shure SM7B? Like, is it, um, and what it came down to was like, dude, everything I watched was like split on it. Like, like you could, you could take one or take the other, but what it came down to was I knew I'd used this before. And that was it. That was really it. Now, for me, it was literally looking at people's sound samples and then, like, trying to figure out, okay, my voice sounds like this. Mm-hmm. I don't think the SM7B is going to complement my voice like this microphone's going to. Yeah. So that's something that you got to take into effect, and that's also kind of like what I push my friends into, the people that don't monitor their hearing, mm-hmm. their voice, because they're like, oh, I can't stand hearing myself then why are you streaming because people are hearing you people are hearing you so you got to make sure it sounds good yeah and and, and it's a big difference and that's why you always see people that are monitoring themselves are always adjusting the microphone yeah because you know like i'm off i'm off i'm bringing it back like you know something like that and it's there's two things to me like i don't feel like especially if you're not used to monitoring yourself i can understand I figure who it was I was talking to. Maybe it was Morph um, when I when we hung out at at TwitchCon. But it was like I, we were talking about just the things we did while we streamed. And I was like, "Do you monitor yourself in your in your headphones?" He goes, "Very low, just to make sure that my voice is going out." Yeah, but not. To, but he didn't monitor for quality. But his but his streams sound great, right? Um. So it's whatever makes you comfortable, but you need something to let you know that you're not muted or something to let you, if I don't have monitoring in my headphones, like I feel like my mic is turned off. I don't know. It's just what's built into me. If I'm not hearing exactly what you're hearing, it is, it is just, that's all I'll be thinking about. And I can't focus on the conversation or the stream. That's the big issue that I'm having with TikTok is like, I can't monitor myself. So I'm sure I'm yelling. Yeah. And I'm sure my neighbors can hear me fucking yelling and saying stupid shit. Mm. But it's kind of like I have to make sure I'm heard. Mm. You know, but since I can't monitor myself, I can't control my voice. Like, obviously, my voice is not that loud here. Yeah. Because it doesn't need to be. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, because, you know, like, and when you do need to yell, you know, like the, the old mic pull away technique. Yeah. Oh my fucking god! Like you know, it's just you can still get the same effect and not blow blow the fucking mic out. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm a big fan of monitoring, but that's also how I was trained. So I don't know how I would do it any other way. But I know that there are people that that absolutely do it and they don't monitor anything. And I'm just like, that would feel so awkward. Uh, you know, one of our uh, buddies commented on a Twitch streamer's tweet. Mm-hmm. He was complaining that his audio was off and nobody told him. When was the last time he went and looked at a VOD? <laughs> that's that's what that's what our buddy said. Yeah. He went on his Twitter and told him, he's like, Don't you ever go back and listen to your VODs because that's your job. 
And he ended up getting blasted by this dude. So sorry. Like, it's whatever. He ended up deleting the tweet. And I'm like, that sucks. Because like, I had mad respect for this dude. Mm. But now I'm like, they're just telling you, you should watch what you're doing. I mean, or, A, why are you saying, I don't know why I sound like shit. And if someone gives you some constructive feedback and being like, hey, are you doing this? And then you yeah. get pissed. They're really just mad at themselves. He just ended up getting mad because chat didn't tell him he sounded like shit. It's not yeah, their job. That, that, that was like a whole rant. It's like, no, your job is to entertain. Dude, when I got like, yeah, when I got this mic and when I got this interface that I'm using now, that's all I did. Like, that's all I did for like weeks was like, how am I sounding? Do I need to turn something on? Do I need to turn something off? Do I need to crank something up? Like, it's all in how much you give a fuck about it. And if you don't care and you're like, at least I'm being heard, then fine. Like, that's, you just don't be surprised when you find oh. out that something's off and you got to have that support system. Like you were part of my support system mm -hmm. when I started really getting into audio. Yeah. When I started taking seriously, I bugged you. I was like, Hey, how does this sound? And you would come in here and you you would record me. Yeah. And have me listen to myself and make the adjustments. Yeah. Because it, it to work. even when you're listening in your head, you still have the interference of your, of the sound of yourself talking also affecting what you're hearing. So to have someone else listen to it or, or even just for yourself to sit down and be like, I'm going to read this, you know, this paragraph on this setting. I'll read this paragraph on this setting. Like, it's just simple things of like taking the time to be like, all right, we're at negative uh, five DB. I'm going to read this paragraph now. Okay. Now we're at negative 10 DB and I'm going to read this now and then going back and listening to that, you know, oh, is that Ramon? Yeah, he's a big boy now. Oh my god, he's so big, and he's gorgeous. He's he is. What a gorgeous cat! My god, what a great cat, Ramon. Um, there he goes. How's your timing looking? Probably about oh, to wrap it up. Fine. You're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We still got one more beer. Oh shit! Yeah, we do. All right, let's let's open it. Fucking crack it. Uh, this is gonna be nice and spicy. It's the spicy pickle beer, the last one in the uh, in the mix pack. Uh, Martin House Brewing, best made spicy pickle beer. This is probably I I, I don't feel I like feel myself finishing this one, but it's it was rough for me. It smells like what does that smell like? Tabasco. It smells like it does smell like a pickle jar, but it smells like something else in it. So it's like my nose is already like. It's like hot red. Hang on, I'll hold it up to the thing. It looks like it looks like fruit punch Kool-Aid. Look at this thing. It's For like people that can't see me, I'm making funny faces it's right now. Deep dark red. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. All right, all right. Honestly, it tastes more like pickle than the rest of them to me. It tastes it tastes closer to their original dill pickle beer, but yeah, that's a that's a nice little bite to it. I like it. 
So I think Dogbird I th- coming on. I, oh yeah, yeah. It's good. tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a rough day. Um, but I think you put them in the perfect order. I think you really put them in the perfect order because it, it, it was just that experience. Mm. It's like if I would have done it this way, these videos would have come out better. <laughs> What do you have left in the pack? You have you just have another four of the same? Yeah, I have another four of the same. I was actually going to save these, but I was like, you know what? I'm with Lopez. I'm going to drink them. Okay. I got family members and relatives that are like, dude, save them for me. I'm like, yeah, whatever. They're going to be here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I uh, I know I'm going to take four to a brewer friend of mine, and then I'm going to hold the other four for Brother Joe because yeah. he loves this weird shit. Like, he loves this weird shit. So I might find, if I find them again, I'll probably pick up another pack just to have. Yeah. For people to experiment, because I do have people from like TikTok and stuff that have come over to the house that I've met over the time. That's good. They're going to be like, do you have any of that stuff? I'm like, yeah, yeah. right here. Drink it right now. Yeah, make a, make enjoy a... it. Um, all right. So as we're wrapping up, what uh what are you watching right now? Like like not not so much YouTube stuff, but like movies, TV shows, what's going on with you? Like what are you really digging on? Okay, so one of the great things I love about TikTok is they tell you about movies and stuff that you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And they kind of give you a little review. All right. So there's a horror movie on Shudder called The Medium. I've so, heard people talking about The Medium. That's a good movie. I need to rewatch that. And because it's subtitled, you kind of get immersed into it. Yeah. It's a really, really good movie. And it had a couple of oh shit moments like, what the hell? Did you watch The Black Phone? No, I haven't seen The Black Phone with Ethan Hawke, right? Ethan Hawke. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. We saw the last Jurassic World movie. Ooh. Three or four times, maybe. You like it? The theaters. I loved it. I'm really? A park nerd. I'm a big Jurassic Park nerd. See, the wife is too, and we were still like at the end, like there was there there was one point where I was kind of like, "There's still an hour in this movie." <laughs> I guess it was just it was just the fact that I think what they did is they oh, I think what they might have done for the casual fans they overloaded it with people because there's there, there's. There there's some points where you're like they're all walking together like 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 the Scooby Doo gang, and you're like, someone's gotta die. Come on, man. There, there was. <laughs> I, I mean, it's spoiler alert. Nobody dies. Sure. <laughs> no, nobody was paid enough to die. Yeah, nobody dies except <laughs> a bad guy, like always. What about what do you know about that uh, Hulu Prey? I okay, that's a good movie. Oh my god, I've watched it twice already. I've only seen it once. But it was so good. And then, like, going back to TikTok, people were complaining that how did they kill them with, like, primitive weapons? But they called it on TikTok. I never thought about it until somebody said it. Like, pretty much in every movie, they fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger killed them with, you know, primitive wood with spikes. Primitive, primitive, primitive weapons. weapons. Here's yeah. the thing. What it was, it had nothing to do with the weapons. It has everything to do with outsmarting your predator. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. Nobody else figured it out but the one person in every movie. Danny Glover in Predator 2. Like, they figured it out. 
Same thing with was it, did they do that in Predators? Because everybody had the crazy weapons in Predators. I didn't watch anything between Predator Two and Prey. <laughs> My brother did. Predators. Predators was an interesting movie. It was a weird movie. Didn't they do an Alien versus Predator movie? They did an Alien versus. That wasn't too bad, but there was a scene where another spoiler alert: where you think the Predator and the hero chick were gonna make out. Ugh. Which was totally awkward. They had like a moment that you're like, are they going to kiss? Ugh. And all you can think of is like, <laughs> you know, Mike Tyson's kiss. Kiss. Oh, God. <laughs> Just that toothy kiss. Um, I enjoyed, uh, I did really enjoy Prey, though. I thought it was just, it was 90 minutes. You're in and out. Like, you're not, you're not dilly-dallying too much. It had its spots of really good CG. It had its spots of okay CG. But like what I did like about that, and there was a lot of uh, TikTok videos and uh, and videos on Reddit about the practical effects they used for the actual Predator. Like nothing on the Predator itself, the face, the body, none of that was CG. That was all practical effects. Which I can see how easy it was to make. Yeah. Because it wasn't as futuristic as the modern predators that we're used to seeing, right? Yeah, it didn't have to be like the most they had to CG were like the the animals, right? The uh, the bear and like the mountain lion and stuff like that, and uh, and then the the thing where he you know the thing that the predator always has where he, where he has the three lasers and he shoots like that's the big thing. But everything else was awesome. Like it was cool to see really old weapons. It was cool to see like you know. Dumb, dumb hunters using muskets and shit like that. Like it was, it was cool. That was a, that, that bear scene was pretty. Had me at the edge of my seat. Intense. Well, and you know, uh, okay, I can't say too much because it gives so much away. But like, they had you thinking one thing for a long time, and then by the end of the movie, you're like, mm, they did that on purpose. They did that on purpose. I get it. I get it. I, I need to watch it again to have like that that realization. Mm. Yeah, I watched it with me and the wife watched it and she loved it. I loved it. And then uh my wife had something to do last weekend and I was hanging out with the um we me and uh me and my mother-in-law just put the baby to sleep and she hadn't seen it. And we watched it again before my wife got home and like she was like I bet I bet Chris really loved that. I was like, "Oh, she loved it." <laughs> and it was one of those things I was just kind of like it was one of those things I didn't even realize was coming out until it came out. Yeah, they, and, they, they snuck up on you. And then, like, when I first heard about it, I was like, really? Because eh. I knew, like, a Predators was kind of eh, and Alien versus Predators was better, but eh, still, like, it wasn't, like, original Predator, right? This was, this felt so much like how I felt watching the first Predator. Yeah. They, they, it's like, you, you have very few movies where they do the sequels that are really good. Mm-hmm. Kind of like John John Wick series is just amazing. Yeah, and like, and I'm a I'm also a sucker for Native American, you know, stuff too. Like that that's a really cool, gritty kind of vibe. Like it's almost felt like a gritty Western movie, but it wasn't. You know, um, so that's been good. Uh, you, I mean, obviously with all the cooking and stuff you do, have you watched The Bear at all? No, I don't even know what that is. All right, so it's on Hulu. It's an FX show. It's called The Bear, and it's got one of the guys that played one of the kids in Shameless. Okay. And 
it's about basically without giving anything away he he is basically come back to take over the family sandwich shop in Chicago 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 based um take over the family sandwich shop that his brother left when he committed suicide um and he's a but he's a here's the here's the kicker he's a world renowned chef like he is a like he's worked he worked in the best restaurants in the world and now he's back in this little shitty um Italian beef shop in Chicago and it is insanely good like i, I like it's a series they're 30 minute episodes super digestible like you're not committing a lot of time if you only want to watch one or two um i would suggest watching it with your wife like it's the it's written so well and especially if you've ever been in that world or known people in that world of of restaurants right high pressure like we get we're busy as fuck let's get this stuff turned out it's very much that so it gives you that anxiety, but the writing is also really well done, and there's some really funny parts to it. They do a good job of mixing the drama and the comedy, and uh, and the, the the guy who's the lead. I, I'm gonna, I gotta pull it up right now. Let's see, the bear. Um, it is. Oh, what's his nuts? So, uh, blah, 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 blah. Jeremy Allen White, and. I think after this, like once you see it, you'll be like, oh, that fucking guy. But like, I think after this, they've set it up for another, another season for sure. But I think after this, you're going to see this guy in fucking everything. And, uh, but the bear is really fucking good. I highly suggest that. And especially as much as you like food and there's like, there's good as any good, food show or movie does like really good cutscenes of like high def like we're preparing we're searing meat like doing all this stuff right um but yeah that's 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 been on my my list for a while and it's been really good like to the point where we're like should we just start that over like let's start from the beginning again because it's just really well shot really well acted so the bear what about uh any tv shows you got going on Hey, you know, we started watching Ink Masters. Okay. So that's is, a reality we, show, right? Yeah. It, okay. It's, you know, a co- tattoo competition. Yeah. Is that the one with uh, Dave Navarro in it? Yes. Uh, people okay. know. Uh, Rick loves Bacon Fact. I'm a big Dave Navarro fan. Are you really? I am. Holy shit. Am. Why was he in Red Hot Chili Peppers for like two seconds? Uh, I, I think just because they didn't have a guitarist. Was it just for one or two albums? I don't remember. I don't remember. Because I was never really big into like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But I knew he was in them. I knew he changed addiction and he did solo stuff. Yeah. His solo stuff was good, but it never really took off. Right, right. You ever seen him live? No. No, I would love to, but I've never seen him live. Does he even play anymore? Does he play more anymore? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure he does. I just don't know. Maybe that's the name of the episode. What the fuck is Dave Navarro up to? That's the name of the episode? It's like you're going to have to like watch the ending to like figure out why. Does he have a website? Like, what? Okay, here we go. Dave Navarro has an Instagram. Yeah, I follow his Instagram. And the last actual picture of him, he's wearing like black metal face paint. Well, he does have his clothing line. He healing. Like, he actually, he actually just did a podcast. He was interviewed by a local podcaster. Yeah. Um, 
And that was actually pretty cool to listen to. I just don't remember any of it. Okay. Dual diagnosis. Okay, that's his fucking clothing line. But he's got a picture of him like with someone with their arm wrapped around. Is that Sebastian Bach? Are you on? His, you said you're on his Instagram, right? Yeah, Dan Cleary. Uh, that's uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's actually fucking uh, uh, touring anymore. But man, I'm <laughs> sure if James Addiction is touring, he'll probably. They might do like one or two things, right? Like like the Lollapalooza and shit like that every year. Probably. So Ink Masters, okay, all right, cool. Such a drama-filled show. It's pretty hilarious to watch. Well, it's amazing how much drama they can pack into a, a fucking tattoo show. <laughs> it's so, you know, you're like, come on. It's like you, you're looking at tattoo artists that, for the most part, are generally like assholes. They're ass. I think they they're either assholes or they're really really chill. There's usually you don't meet an in between. They're really 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 full of themselves, or they really don't give a fuck. You know. Well, as I think as of like probably like 18 years ago, probably they were all assholes. But over time and how saturated the market is with artists these days, they realize you got to be nice. Yeah. Because it's like it's a service based industry. Mm. You have Instagram. And if you're an asshole, people are reviewing you. So yeah, you're kind of in the limelight, right? Yeah. Mm. So it's been pretty interesting. We just had a neighbor open up a tattoo shop. Yeah. You gonna get something done? I already got two tattoos from them. I I've got so my tattoo artist Mike Groves, who I've had on the podcast a few times, has uh has retired from tattooing. He's like an art director for um a game board uh like a game board chain of like stores. Like they've got like six stores out right now, Master Goblin Games. I think they got a I think they've got a spot in Austin. The fucking the guy that owns it's based in Austin, I think. Uh Master Goblin Games. Master. I'm already looking it up too. Yeah. They're in Austin, I'm pretty sure. No, they're not. The guy's from Austin though. But it's uh State College in PA, San Francisco, Atlanta, Denver, Portland, Miami. But so he retired. They are, showing, they are showing an address here in Austin for a business address. Ah, uh, that's probably where he lives. I'm pretty sure he told me that the guy is from Austin. But he's mainly opening things like where there's colleges. Okay. Where the clientele is, right? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool. Like it's uh, you know he he decided he was done with tattooing. So like. If I want to get a tattoo now, I've got to go find someone new. And that's like the guy I've been going to since I was 19. So I'm like, uh, that's all I've known for 20 years. Like, how do I do this? You know, how do I court a new tattoo artist? So this goes back to, well, we didn't talk about it on this episode, but we'll talk about it on another episode, the Vinnie Paul story. Mm. Um, but I'm actually getting tattooed in three weeks. Okay. Somebody that I met at the same time I met Vinnie Paul. Really? Yeah. So R.I.P. Vinny Paul, man. Yeah. But um no, we, we still talk about that now. We became friends on whatever social media there was back in the day, mm -hmm. uh, when that happened. And she became a piercer. She be then she started tattooing and 
I started seeing her artwork and she's coming to a convention outside of Austin. So I was like, hey, I saw this work. Can you get this done for me? And she's like, oh, hell yeah, it'd be awesome. And we can talk about that crazy ass night that we always remember. Talk about Vinnie Paul. Oh, yeah. We you have- can listen to Pantera and Damage Plan while I tattoo you. Or hell yeah. Or hell yeah. yeah. Whatever's got Vinnie Paul on it. Like, yeah. I feel like that's not a bad goal to have is to like get a full tattoo while you're listening to anything that involves Vinnie Paul. I, I mean, that's just kind of like the person that's tattooing me. We met. I know. Vinnie Paul. It's so crazy. You should find like a podcast Vinnie Paul was on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just a Vinnie Paul interviews while you just get tattooed. Revolver used to have interviews with Vinnie Paul. He was a cool dude from what I understand. Like he was like a really chill guy. The dude was amazingly friendly. Did you ever He's an angel. Yeah. Did you ever read um read or hear about uh, Dave Grohl's Vinnie Paul story? Oh. Well, maybe maybe. I'm not sure. So, I'm not going to ruin the whole thing, but Dave Grohl has a great Vinnie Paul story um about meeting Vinnie Paul and Vinnie Paul being like, "Hey man, you got to come to my strip club when you're in Texas next time. Like, cause he had his own strip club in Texas. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Playroom or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, there's, it's a great story. Like, I think you can look it up online, but it's part of, I think it's part of his book that came out. That was just like all his stories from his career or whatever. Um, and it just, he just seemed like such a cool dude. Like just a chill, like, you know, you would fucking, if you had a night to hang out with Vinny Paul, that, You'd probably have the worst hangover of your life, but you would never forget the night. So I, I was watching, I went to this whole YouTube series called Bus Invaders, where they, they uh, go into, it's like cribs, but for tour buses. Mm-hmm. And they did hell yeah. And in alcohol and ass. <laughs> Chad, Chad Gray? Is, I don't, can't remember. His Chad name. Gray, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was talking about how, like, he's like, Vinnie Paul likes to invite all kinds of people in here. Vinnie Paul's in the background. Hell yeah. After the concert, this turns into a hell yeah bar and grill. The hell yeah bar and grill. Yeah, he always seemed like in in interviews he was a really chill dude and a fucking amazing drummer. I'm interested to see if the dude from Anthrax is gonna be able to carry that torch, dude. I, just just that just the I'm sure someone can mimic it for sure, but like no one when when it was actively being put out into the fucking ether. No one was doing that shit. Fucking, like, you saw all the pictures of Vinnie Paul. He always had the fucking drumsticks backwards, you know, because he was using the broadside. And just that... Just sounded like a damn diesel engine the whole time. Oh, he he has that unique sound. There's, like, a weird, like, bass sound. You kind of have, like, a... Yeah. It's, well, and, and, and everything's everything's rolling off itself, too. It's never not. There's never more than like. There's no, he's never just like one hit on the drum. It's always like a. It's never. It's never a just like a. Bang. It's just a. Over and over again, you know. It, it's definitely going to be interesting with uh, the guy from Anthrax and Zach Wild. It sounds a lot like. It sounds like anytime you just just listen to the drums, like anytime you put on a Pantera song. Like just listen to the drums and just how much it sounds like a fucking engine on a on a badass muscle car. It doesn't ever sound like drums. <laughs> it just sounds like a machine. And then you watch machine. Yeah, you watch videos of the guy and you're just kinda like 
that's just not how the human body moves. And I feel that way about a lot of drummers because I feel like drummers are just, uh, so, so what I've been obsessed with on, um, on YouTube are reaction videos, like good reaction videos, not just reacting to this or that, but like, I think I've put more hours into watching people react to Danny Carey from Tool drumming, Numa live, and just how insane he is as a drummer. Like watching pro other professional drummers be like, I can't keep count with how he's counting because he doesn't count the same way as everyone else. Like, and just, just like some drummers just seem otherworldly to me. You know, there there was a band that I saw like that. Uh, who Graveyard Barbecue, which they became famous because they had a song go on Guitar Hero. Okay, and great song, um, great music. They're fun to watch live. Never really made it big, but they're so such cool people, uh, fun to watch. But uh, their drummer, same thing, looks like a machine. His arms and legs are like something you see out of The Simpsons. Mm. Right, or you just see everything going everywhere, but his body is just solid. Yeah, it's just kind of like, what the hell, dude? Um, another drummer, and he's no longer with this band, but Ghost, the band Ghost. Yeah, so they did a session, um, where they're playing in the studio, and the drummer's just looking at the camera. He's not even looking at the drums because, like, even in the interview, they said. We don't even know why he's with us. The guy's amazing, and our music's so simple to play. <laughs> you can just see him. Just you can't. They're costumes, but all you see of his eyes, and he's just playing the drums like nothing. Ghost's most recent uh, recent album that came out, Impera, is so fucking good. Oh, it's amazing. Actually, we saw no, we saw Bow Beat. That's when we met Benny Paul. Yeah, it's. Uh, to me, drum like so. My cousin, who really got me into rock music and took me to my first concert, which was someone asked me about it today, which was Kiss in 1996 when the entire band reunited with makeup and everything. Um, he's a drummer. Uh, my my cousin, he was a drummer, and uh, he played in several bands in our hometown. And I just I can't under like understand like how you get so much going on in like like for D Danny Carey for ex for example is like doing four different things at at four different counts like at, with one well you know one count with his with his left arm his right arm and then two different counts with his feet and you're kind of like I can't fathom even how to do just two different counts or I can't fathom one count I'll be honest like they're not human they're not human, but like you just realize that, okay, this is, I'm looking at many, many years of just sitting by yourself and just drumming and being like, what can I do here? All right, I'm doing this one thing and I'm doing it good. Let me add this thing to it. I suck at this, but let me keep doing it. And then I'm not going to suck at it. Like it's a level of dedication that doesn't cross very many people's existence i think like in in like you you know in 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 some jobs i've had i've i've had the privilege of meeting a lot of like musicians and i'm not talking about like 
like rock stars, like when I met Ronnie James Dio, I'm talking about like the premier cello player for the United States, right? Someone who's played with different orchestras all around the world. And you're just kind of like, you talk to him and you're like, oh, your brain just, there's a reason why you have a problem with your computer. And it's not the fact that your computer's busted. It's the fact that you don't, your, your brain doesn't even have time to think about why you can't print something. (laughs) It's like, it's like, oh, your printer's turned off and you're not thinking about that because all you're thinking about is this cello, right? Yeah. There are people who do something for a living or do something as a, such a passion that nothing like literally nothing else matters like you yeah, talk to john, john five yeah john the dude always playing guitar always always playing guitar and like i follow him super nice guy too i yeah. have never personally met him um but he's responded to some of my the stuff that i've like sent him on twitter in the past mm-hmm. um super nice guy and that that was actually kind of nice like oh john five responded that's so cool well and I think going back to the content creation thing where where you're talking about like, oh yeah, put your head down and just really dedicate yourself to getting your channel as big as you can or getting your TikTok as big as you can or or having having the most views on YouTube or whatever. But like even you could take the most like focused Twitch person, right? And then you go go to someone like a John Five, right? Or a Danny Carey who's amazing at drums or, you know, any of these musicians and you're kind of like, Oh, there are like levels way above what even the most dedicated Twitch streamers doing. It's like, you're good at what you do, but have you sat down for whatever 20, 30,000 hours just to, just to figure out how to drum the way you drum or how to play the cello, the way you play. Like there's so many levels to it. And we're just like, I I've, you know, you, you go and deal with someone, cause I do IT work. So you go and deal with someone who's having like these simple issues where like, how do you not know this? Like, you're so amazing. Like you're a very smart person, but it's just like, you talk to him, you're like, Oh, all you think about is whatever instrument you're dealing with. Like, it's literally all you're obsessed with. You know, it's so wild because you rarely get to meet people who are that, that just, um, insane about it, but then you have, then you have people who are amazingly good at stuff, right? I'm not saying this is what Vinnie Paul was like, but you have a Vinnie Paul who can party and live a life and tour the world and 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 just have all this other stuff going on, but they're just naturally that good at shit. Like you have the people who have to focus and be really, really good because they have to concentrate on it, and you have the people who are just kind of like fucking amazing and they're just like i'm sure they practice i'm sure they have all this stuff but like that natural talent right natural yeah yeah and you see that on tiktok you see these kids Mm. you know playing drums or playing guitar or playing instrument and they're just like amazing yeah they're so young and you know they don't have the experience but they're just naturally amazing it's really fun to watch um well you had uh so so obviously we know that um not too terribly long ago, um, Taylor Hawkins died from the Foo Fighters. You know, the drummer from the Foo Fighters passed away, and um, they're doing the they're doing a tri- big tribute show for uh, for him coming up soon in California, I think. And they're gonna get uh, that uh, the the little girl who's a drummer, Nandy Bushnell. Oh yeah, she's gonna be drumming for them. 
like and like because her shit went viral like she came up and like drummed a song drummed like ever long with them on stage and uh like she's i want to say how how old is nandy bushnell probably like 13 or 14 now isn't she she's She's young 12 by the way oh wow yeah she's 12 and she's incredible she's insanely good and it's like it's weird because like she made this whole post for i think it was father's day and like her dad's not a music like she's she's a I, I don't know if she's adopted but her dad her dad's not a musician but like she really took to the drums and uh so her dad just got like a guitar and just started like just halfway jamming with her because he he didn't know how to play but he would just do something very simple and rudimentary and she would just play the drums along with it and like now she's like drumming for the foo fighters and it's just like at 12 yeah, I saw she did a thing with Tom Morello. Dude, she's done things with like so many people. Yeah, she's um, she's gonna be a powerhouse. Like you just kind of like, is. Yeah, and you're just kind of like you just come out. Not that you come out knowing how to do that, but like you come out and you find a at such a young age, you find an, an obsession that you're really good at, and like I can't fathom that because like me at twelve, I'm just kind of like. I gotta buy that new Weezer album. Like I don't, I don't know. Like it's like I don't, I don't, I didn't have a, a musical bone in my body, you know. I think it also depends too. Like if, if you show interest, like not to be like a Debbie Downer, right? Sure. But it's kind of like if you show interest, it's like you gotta have like that support as a kid. Dude, I always had the upbringing that everything I wanted to do was dumb. Hmm. Even when I was doing radio, and that was my fucking job. I think I might have said this with death. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but even when I was doing radio and it was my job and it was my career at the time, right? Not that my mom or my dad meant anything bad by it, but they would always be like, oh, are you still doing your little radio thing? It's like, yeah, I am. My fucking career. Yes, I am doing that. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm doing to pay bills. Um, I just think that I think a lot of it has to do a little bit with um, the parents and what how they were brought up and what their generation was like because it was like we're on that edge of, like, parents that some parents were cool, some parents were just not there, and some parents were just kind of like, you get a job and you fucking work. And you make your way through this world, right? Um, and since becoming a dad, it's been like one of those things which is kind of like I think about the fact that how of how into radio I was in like middle school and how I listened to it all the time. Because like you were saying, we didn't have cable. Like I didn't have cable either. I lived not in the middle of nowhere, but I I had the fucking local alternative station, and I called in every week to be a guest DJ when they were doing the countdown and stuff like that. But like how different my life would have been had one of my parents taken notice and been like, hey, I can go talk to someone and get you to go hang out in the radio station for a day. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to join the school orchestra. Yeah. So I went. I really wanted to play the flute. Mm -hmm. But my dad was like, no, it's dumb. Yeah. So I signed up for the school orchestra and I was one of the kids just sitting there like I don't have an instrument to play, but I signed up for this class. So now I'm here. What'd you do? Did you whistle? What'd you do? 
No, I just no, I didn't do nothing. There was a bunch of us that had that like the, the dads were assholes. But you just wanted to be there. That's kind of cool. They let you be there at least. Well, it was because I signed up. So you had to do some sort of music. You can be with like all the kids that are playing the recorder, mm-hmm. or you wanted to be part of an orchestra and learn how to read music. There's so much stuff that like kind of mind fucks you with that because what was I reading? We were talking like we were talking. We talked about it a little bit in the uh, parentally unprepared podcast that I do with my wife, where we just talked about how like we're terrified about any little thing you say can like just change the direction someone's going, right? Um, where even if you're joking, sometimes like if you're like someone's singing something, like oh god, you sound terrible, and they're like. Now they become self-conscious for the rest of their life that they sound terrible, right? And they're never yeah. gonna try again, right? So I mean, obviously my kid's not even two years old yet, but you still just kinda like I'm just kinda looking like, what does she like? Like what does she want to do? Cause I want to be like, you can go try this. Go try it. You know? Yeah. You wanna go tumbling? Go we'll take you to a tumble class. You want to, you know, do this or that? Like, let's go see if you really like it. Cause I feel like not that my parents wouldn't have wanted to do that but that maybe they weren't in the position to do that. They were working or we didn't yeah. have the money or whatever it was. And I'm just kind of like being where I'm at now and content creating and knowing that feeling like had I known this would be a possibility when I was in high school or college, I could be like, oh fuck, this is coming down the road. Um, I could, I could just keep working at this had there been someone that's been like you know you can go and check out this person doing this like i've got so many friends that are like oh my kid just really wants to do youtube and i'm like i can introduce you to some youtubers <laughs> i get i get listen yeah. they can see like they're they're really into to audio editing is or, or, or not audio editing, but video editing i'm just kind of like i can sh- i can introduce you to some people that know how to video edit like yeah. You know, well, and my wife and I, when my wife and I were trying to have kids, obviously we don't have any. We couldn't have any. Right. But we're like, we're like, okay, we're going to support them in whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, my upbringing, my mom, super sweet, wonderful woman. Until now, she's like, I wish I wouldn't have let your dad dictate. Right. Because he was just always against anything creative that I wanted to do. Yeah. But uh. But I mean, it, it, I'm like, it's not your fault. It's whatever. I made the best of it. I did it with yeah. what I could do. Well, they only know what they know. Yeah. And you only know what you know. Like, so it's it, like for me, I, like it, I never, it never even, it's not like I resented my parents for not being like, hey, why don't you go down to the radio station and see if you can help them out with something. Yeah. I never thought about it as a job, right? Until yeah. I was in my mid twenties. I was like, oh yeah, you can just fucking do that. And then, like, within a few years, I was doing radio in Atlanta, right? So it was like, I can be mad about it, or I can or I can take the time to understand that that's just where their mind was at. Like, they weren't meaning any harm by it. Like, they only knew what they knew to that would, that would, in their eyes, make me more comfortable, more secure. So I don't blame anybody. But now, now that I've got a kid, I'm just kind of like, all right. If I see something she's interested in, I can nurture that. Yeah. But there's a fine line. You don't want to nurture it too much. 
<laughs> because then you become the overbearing, like, go do this thing. You don't, you don't want to be the parent that lives vicariously through their children, right? It's so hard. And I think, honestly, that's why a lot of kids, and we talked about this on the last Perennially Unprepared podcast, I think, I think that's why a lot of kids don't fall in their, in their parents' footsteps is because their parents will try to give them constructive feedback but because of the way the relationship is, it's just like, well, I'll never live up to what my dad thinks I should be doing. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, it's it's hard because you you have already made the mistakes. You have already like if my kid wanted to be in IT and I'd be like, no, 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 you have to do this. But like all my stuff is like gradually built up over time. All my, you know, trial and error like a motherfucker. Right. But when I try to tell her, no, like you need to approach it like this. I'm coming at it from my thing where I've made these mistakes before and I know that that's what needs to happen. You almost have to you almost have to like let those mistakes happen in a way that's like you can make suggestions but don't be like do it like this. Yeah. Cuz they'll be like fuck that. I want to go do something else now. I I I saw one thing on Ink Masters that had me dying laughing. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I were watching it. This dude's like I just had a baby boy. He's like 6 months old. I want a tattoo of him and I walking away from the baseball field where I'm holding a bat and he's holding a glove. Jesus and Christ. I'm like, I'm like, wait, my wife and I are just looking at each other like, what if he's not into baseball? People get locked in on their idea of what something is. And me and Sean talked about this in the very first episode of Offline and, and in that preceding episode of Lopez radio when there's a band that you love or that you and your friends love and that second album comes out and it's not the way you think it's going to sound and you're like this fucking sucks and you're like what you don't realize is you wrote what you thought that album should sound like in your head before you heard it and so now you're disappointed because it's not what you expected but you'll go back years later and be like, this album's so fucking good, man. <laughs> like when you're separated yeah. from it, you know, I've got so many bands like that, but I don't know, man. That's like the big stress of having the kid is being like that. I want to nurture it, but I, I, I want to nurture like the interest, but I don't want to be overbearing about it. You interested in, in jujitsu? I'll put you in a jujitsu class. You don't like it? Get the fuck out of there. Let's go do something. Like, you have to be so nonchalant about things because if you're like, oh, yeah, you like Ghostbusters? Let's read all the Ghostbusters stuff and watch all the movies. They're going to hate it. Like, I'm so terrified she's going to hate the movies I love. (laughs) I'm just like, I just want you to like Beetlejuice with me, please. You're just like, okay, I'm going to watch this movie. You can watch it with me if you want to. Yeah. You don't have to, and maybe you'll enjoy it. I I almost feel like the best thing is to be like, you don't need to watch this. You shouldn't watch this. And then she'll be like, I want to watch it. Well, I, I'm kind of having like this, uh, ever since we've been together, like my wife and I, I have this dilemma with her. She's never seen Willow. Oh, God. And I've tried to get her to watch Willow with me, and I'm like, she's like, no. And I'm like, but you got to love Willow. So now I'm being like that all overbearing partner. Yeah. That, like, you got to watch Willow. It's so amazing. But then she's like, I don't know. She just resists it more. Like, that's the thing. It's like dating. You have to be like, eh, you might like it. And they'll be like, I want to see it now. He's indifferent to it. But when you're like, you're going to love this, they'll be like, eh, 
Never I don't mind. know how many years it's been. She still hasn't seen Willow. Though. You a big Val Kilmer fan? I don't know if I am or not. I mean, maybe from Top Gun, but that's about it. Well, it, well Top Gun and Willow. Um, Top Gun and Willow. Um, more, it was more than having Warwick Davis and Willow, right? Warwick Davis is good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Fucking Leprechaun. Come on. You know what? I didn't know he was in that. He was the Leprechaun. Know. He is the Leprechaun. Yeah. He was R2-D2? Was he? No. I think he was R2-D2. I don't think he was. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Um. Who? Uh, so so Val Kilmer. Like, have you ever seen the Salton Sea? Did you ever see the Salton Sea? I don't think so. That would absolutely be your vibe. It's very very pulpy, very nineties. But the Salton Sea is r- a really good Val Kilmer movie. Um. There's that. Obviously, he was in Top Gun. That's what he's like. Really, really known for. He's Batman, The Saint, all that stuff. But, um. There's that documentary on Prime uh, about him called Val and about what he's doing. So he was doing, like, so as a content creator, I feel like the Val documentary is really fucking interesting because he was doing fucking, uh, like, found footage and, like, recording everything before, way before cell phones. He had, he had his own camcorder during Top Gun. Like, he was filming stuff, like, when they were you know, offset or while they were behind the scenes and stuff like that before. So it was like, it was like as if someone had gone back into the eighties and had a fucking cell phone. Like that's how much shit he recorded. Um, he, he was a pre YouTube YouTuber. Yes. And the footage that they've got for that documentary, cause he's, he's involved with it was so incredible because he found all the footage and they like came through and digitized it all. And they edited it in a way where like they went through his entire career. Right. And ever since he was in Top Gun, he had always he always had a camcorder with him, always. And um, so it was interesting because he was doing like viral video shit before there was viral video, as far as, as in the way that we know it. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a it's a it's also a sad story. It's a document. I mean, he you know he had throat cancer and all, now he can't really talk very well and stuff like that, and just an insane like difference from being like the the guy in every movie to now you are like you know you're at a convention you know one guy you should look into if you haven't heard of him warner herzog warner herzog yes 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 i've heard of that um Um, he he, in movie oh he's a documentarian he did a lot of narrating um but he came out in the jack reacher movie where he was the bad guy yeah I, I, dude, he, yeah, he's in a lot of things. But, like, the way he started, like, he filmed his first documentary with a stolen video camera. Because he really wanted to get this, he, he did all the legwork to get it done, but couldn't afford a camera, so he ended up stealing one to record it. Dude, some of the, some of the craziest shit, the most memorable shit was done, all, done in such weird fashion, right? fucking kevin smith when he filmed clerks he fucking maxed out every credit card he had called in every favor he had and it was negative fucking thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars and it just happened to hit like it's it's only when people are like i got nothing to lose i can't get any more broke than i am fucking i'm just gonna do it 
where it's insane. And I feel like, I feel like that's where a lot of content creators come into the challenge, right? Where they're kind of like, they're not, they're not doing it because they need to survive. Cause most of them are, are working, you know, when they first start doing what they're doing. So you don't have that, like, I have to do this or I fucking don't eat tonight. You know, you don't have that situation. You have that like, well, I got my nine to five and I'm trying to make this stream thing work, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and, and there's some people who get into a situation where it like works for them, but I think it's hard. I, I, I don't know. Like when you've got nothing left to lose, I feel like those are the people that, and there's streamers that, and, and YouTubers that have that situation, you know, Mr. Beast. I don't know if you ever watch interviews with him. But you I've know, heard of him. Um, I've never really watched his stuff. His shit is gigantic. Like he has multiple channels that are gigantic. Yeah. Um, the first time I heard about it, somebody was like, "Oh yeah, Mr. Beast is coming into your channel." Yeah. And I'm and, like, who, I'm like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, I don't care. They're like, "Oh, he's gonna donate a bunch of money." I was like, "I don't need money." Yeah. I'm like, I don't know who he is. But like, he just has every time he posts a video, it's like millions of views. Like he just is a giant YouTuber, but like he, you know, if you watch interviews with him, it's like, yeah, I told my mom I was after high school. I told my mom I was going to college. I did did terribly in high school. Told my mom I was going to community college. I went to the community college and I sat in the parking lot on my laptop, figuring out YouTube. And like, it's just kind of th those situations where people get so locked in on what they're trying to do. Like, it's the same thing as the cello players talking about earlier. It's the same thing as the drummers we were talking about earlier. It's like, you find the thing you're locked into and you just make it work. And, and like, look, for every person that makes it work, there's probably like fucking hundred that doesn't, that it doesn't work out for. But. You never fucking know, right? It's all about following the passion of what you're doing. Hey, just have fun with it, man. Just have fun with it, but like, if 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 you're serious, be realistic. Be realistic, and if but if you're serious, like there there is also a sort of freedom to being seventeen, eighteen years old and going after something and being almost forty. Bills, right? Almost forty, and you've got a house, and you've got a kid, and you've got you know, a life you have to live and bills you have to pay. It's, it's absolutely different. So actually my goal was to actually go full-time streaming just to give it a shot, see yeah. what could happen. Right. But of course my internet took a shit and I couldn't do anything. So my wife and I were in a good place where, well, not anymore because she's unemployed. Right. But at the time we were like in a really good place financially where we got like pretty much do whatever we wanted and not have to worry about not being able to pay stuff. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Like it really is. Like sometimes it's, it's the fact that like, I know. So, so morph, for example, he used to be morph UK. Now he's morph underscore or whatever on, on, Twi on Twitch. Um, he used to be like a big, like professional level, almost professional level, like a uh, road cycle rider, like a, like tour de France type people, you know, like yeah. just rode bicycles. Right. Got in a, terrible crash right and like got hit by a car and like broke most of the bones in his body and stuff like that and you know just was placed in a situation where like he had to fucking figure something else out he started streaming and you know now he does pretty well for himself he's not like the giant streamer but he's not like doing too shabby right 
um, you know, we 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 got our friend Curdy that, um, you know, going into the pandemic, she was working at a bank and she was miserable and she was like, I'm going to find another job. And in between jobs, she just started streaming full. She was already streaming, but she started streaming like full time, full time, like while she was looking for a job and ended up just hitting right and finding her audience and getting a partnership and, um, you know, moving into doing what she's doing now. And now she's doing it as, you know, for a living. It's not easy. And she'll tell no, you that. Definitely not easy. No, it's hard. It's hard as fuck. And she's gonna be on the she's gonna be on the podcast in the next week or two. But that's just not easy, you know? And but she's making it work for herself, you know, for her situation. Yeah. So some people just kind of get into that situation where like it it fits what they're doing. I'm not gonna say anyone lucks into a situation because I feel like that's writing it off. And I don't think that that's that's I think that's unfair to say. I feel like people just happen to end up in situations where they can try it out for a little while full time. Like if I were to lose my job tomorrow, I would be streaming every day during the day, right? Until I found another job or until that hit. Um, yeah, no, um, when I got laid off during mm-hmm. the pandemic, I was streaming full time because Fuck I'm not it. working. Yeah. And you know what? It worked out well. That's when I realized I was like, well, maybe I can go do, make a go at this. Yeah. And I mean, so it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just being in front of the right eyes. Sometimes it's just lucking out and getting seen by the right people. And that's just with any, and I, I tell this to people that are trying to get into it, it's like with any entertainment situation, radio, TV, music, movies, sometimes it's just playing that, like just playing that fucking gig that you didn't want to go to at some old bar and now all of a sudden there's some radio exec there or some, you know, record exec there that's like, I want to sign this fucking band, you know? It's Yeah, tur- and don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Like, you never know who you're talking to. Like, sometimes it's just turning on the camera and going live and and being like, all right, so you, and you get seen or rated by the right people and like, it's just, that's the tipping point. I'm not saying a raid is going to make or break you, but like, it could be the tipping point to being like, hey, this guy signed off on you and people thought enough to stick around. Like that happens sometimes, right? And that starts sending you in another direction because now that places you a little bit above some people that were you were in the same pack with. Yeah. It's, it's, for, it's just for another episode, but I do kind of have like my whole, like I feel like I'm one of the luckiest persons, people on TikTok. Think so? Oh, yeah. You jump, you jump, you well, and then you said you jumped in after the big boom of like everybody jumping in on everybody. Like it's, it's Twitch is a much tougher game than it used to be. Just like TikTok's a much tougher game than it used to be. Oh, yeah. But even then, I, I still feel like I'm one of the, like the luckiest people ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we can talk about that in some other episode. We can. We're probably both about to piss ourselves. Eh, I'm good. But You're good? Okay. I'm good. I like this. Uh, I like this last beer. It's not too hot. Do you think it's hot? It's not this time. The first time I was dying, but it's not too bad today. All right. Here's here's what. All right. Before we get out of here, here's what I'm paranoid about. I think I just rambled too much. And I'm a little too drunk. <laughs> We're having a good time. I feel like it's like right now. I'm sure it's fine because I'll go back and listen to it before I post it. I feel like right now I'm unlistenable. <laughs> 
No, no, you sound fine. You sound fine. I feel terrible. You sound fine. Because I looked up and I just saw that we're about to hit three hours on this, not even offline, which we went oh, almost yeah. an hour. We're almost at three hours. It's almost midnight here. We had a lot of catching up to do. We did. I miss you. I miss you too, man. We got to figure out a time to uh, to meet up again. Like, actually meet up. Me, you, oh, and Poteet. We'll definitely do it again. Yeah, we'll definitely do it at some point. Should we? So, so Poteet is a big fan of Dallas. Yeah. He loves Dallas. He, there's like a bunch of breweries there he likes. We need to figure out a Dallas time. So we can figure out Martin House Brewing time? Well, Fort Worth is right there, right? Yeah. We could just uh, we don't want to stay in Fort Worth, but we just dip our toe over there. Sure. Yeah, no, you don't want to stay in Fort Worth. <laughs> no one stays in Fort Worth. And then we can get tattooed in Dallas. We can do like one of those get what you get gumball machines. Lopez does Dallas. I like it. It could be good. All right, we got to get out of here before I get in any more trouble. I'm about dirty. Yeah, it's 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 already there. I'm already there. We're getting there. Well, we're still. We're touching tips. We're fine. We're good. Yeah. Nobody's knees are dirty, so we're good. Rick, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. I had a blast, dude. It's been a long time coming. If you want to follow Rick, it's at Rick Loves Bacon at all. The social media, that's TikTok, that's Instagram, that's Twitter, that's YouTube, that's Twitch, that's all the stuff. Everything. Everything. Rick loves bacon. And uh, definitely TikTok. Just go watch some of those food videos, man. The guy influenced me to buy a 36-inch grill, okay? Listen. He knows what he's talking about. He does some good stuff. I have never seen a piece of brisket that he's pulled on that has stretched and come back. It always pulls apart immediately. Unless he just hasn't posted the ones that, that came back. <laughs> I had some pretty bad ones. All right. Tell me this real quick before we get out of here. How many? So let's, let's talk about brisket. How many briskets have you fucked up that you didn't film or that you filmed and didn't post? Actually, not many because I've already I was already experienced cooking briskets. Okay, so the biggest mess up was the fucking uh, was the taking the membrane off the uh, ribs. ribs. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean I burnt some food, so it, it's happened. But you still ate it, right? It was still good. No, it was not good. It was unedible. It was unedible. It was charcoal. Okay. It was charcoal. All right, fair enough. All right, we're gonna get out of here, guys. Uh, like I said, at Rick Loves Bacon. All the things. And if you want to follow me, it's at Lopez Radio on Twitter. Please rate, review, subscribe if you want to. If you don't, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Uh, I love all of you. Rick loves all of you. He's coming back to Twitch. I'm excited. You better be. You got to use that mic, buddy. Say it. Do it. What am I saying? It's. We're going off the air. 